11 o'clock comics episode 207. Yeah, really? It's cool. Is it like your is it like a uterus up in there? Nah, not quite. Nah, 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 not you know. Hey, there's a baby on the ceiling. <laughs> Dude, all I know is in 20 episodes for episode 227, I'm gonna be Arlington. Nah. Nice. Well, I used to love that show. That is that is humorous to me. How long ago was that? Like the eighties? Oh yeah, it's been it's been a day or two. L- late eighties, maybe early nineties. Wow, it was it was before it was before Family Matters, right? I think but so. It, but, but, but it was after Give Me a Break. But, 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 yeah, that was the first time I ever saw Jack Hay, I think. Hey now, you know my kids think Urkel is the shit. He's going to be on Dancing with Stars. I, I know that. Well, they were all excited about that. Yeah. You know, Stefan Urkel. Did they like him as Urkel? Or no, he- they because um, Family Matters is currently being rerun in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So right after they get ready for school, they run downstairs, put the TV on, and it's like from six. To, I think from six to seven, they run two episodes yeah. of Family Matters back to back, and they yeah. just think Urkel's the, the the bomb. I like Carl. No, and, that, and that was all uh, all an ad for me. He was a hell of a basketball player. Still is, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you remember that one episode where he actually had to play basketball? You could tell yeah. he had some some skills. Yeah. And the uh, the oldest son on the show has got quite a voice on him. He, really? The, yeah, brother can sing. Yeah, I'll tell you. Even back in the day, I would give. He's no thick though. I, I would pay no. a nice, nice stack of green for a little time with Laura Winslow. <laughs> oh yeah, she is. Cute. And it was it was yeah. it was a friend that died right on the show. Who's that? Her Laura's. Best friend, I I think. Really, the girl who died. Yeah, it, well, in real life. I mean, not on the show. Oh, I never I thought... really watched that show. Oh, what I just I just remember him from uh, the cop from Die Hard. I mean, that's yeah. and and of course Urkel. So I mean, I never really watched it. Only that, only that fucking Tom Hopkins was on it because she's on every black show at one point. Yeah, her, her and Regina King. Well, yeah, she was in two two seven. Why she? Damn, how young? She was the kid. She was uh, Marla Gibbs' daughter. Oh, shit. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't really watch the last 227. Carly Winslow. You didn't watch 227? <laughs> not not on the regular. Oh, that or like Amen. I never, I, yeah, it was black people. You I don't know. I, Amen? I, I was, it's <laughs> not, not on the regular. I mean, that was, you uh, know, as, as uh, my, the blackest I got was Cosby Show because they were white. So it was all good. Huh. But, hey, everybody, it's 11 yeah. o'clock. <laughs> it's 11 <laughs> it's o'clock. Something, huh? Thank God. Yeah. I am. A olive skinned Vince B. Ooh, ooh, yep. olive skinned. I am. You olive going skinned. to the? You going to like the the tanning beds or something? No, dude, I'm Sicilian. I'm. I'm yeah, always olive. naturally olive skinned. Okay, uh, I'm a white pasty German Chris Niesman. Octong. <laughs> I am a pale Jew David A. Price. Wow. Wow. And I'm a beautiful purple because I'm Lumpy Space Princess. <laughs> oh my glob! Look at you. What he is—he is completely converted right now. What the lump? Yeah, no, I love all you guys. <laughs> this Brad, I'm so ready for you, Brad. I'm so ready for you. <laughs> and my chili fries. Jason, why the turnaround? Like how? What? What clicked? 
I know. Vehemently against the show in the beginning. Ah, it's, it's, it's an abomination. It's, we have it's, proof of him flipping it off. It's purely Pavlovian, you know. It's uh, well, first of all, in the you guys know this about me, like, like really out there animation. Like my initial instinct is to be turned off by it. Yeah, and, um, problem solvers. You hated it. I still don't like that, but wow. Um, but but this um, I, so I, the animation didn't reel me in. But then the boys got so into it, and so every wow. morning I would watch that or regular show with them, and uh, and. Just one of the episodes, uh, I came in and they had it on and something, I don't even remember which episode, but it just, it actually was funny. And I was like, ah, it's pretty funny, actually. And they were like, see, Dad, it's good we've been telling you because they've been telling me for weeks. Like, I got to try it. And uh, yeah, and then once I got past it, then I, I was like, actually, this is pretty freaking funny. And so, um, you know, I went, once I broke through that hard outer shell, um, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's unbelievably creative. I mean, it's, it's, yes! it's oh, God. I just, it's really crazy. Did, what did, we've been did, saying. Did you see the yeah. season premiere this week? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the it. order of them. Which, which, I, which should, episode? It'll, it'll be back on tomorrow night. It's Well, I didn't know that it was like a cliffhanger. The, the season premiere picks up right where the episode ended, where Jake tries to find a lady for my laddie. And, and he gets the, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the princess of the Fire Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And she like starts burning up the treehouse. And, and Finn gets all bent out of shape because Princess Bubblegum's picture is is burning up and right so she smacks him and then she's leaves. a bitch he's like he's like so oh cold and then and yeah the opposite but then then uh, <laughs> so this picks up right where where finn wants to go after her and jake's trying to like convince him out uh, she's crazy man and it's like no she's passionate and then he's like the the commercial always showed finn like massaging jake's jowls and he's like you gotta help me man you gotta help me help me jake help me and this like he ends up like transforming jake's whole head and it's just it's hysterical but it picks up right from there and then that's uh then the episode is just about finn and uh the princess from the fire kingdom but it's it, that was on monday night it should be repeated tomorrow night there you go well, i'll tell you the uh the episode i saw this week that had me laughing out loud was um and i don't know the names of the episodes but it's the one where the uh the the tree witch wants them to find hair from a princess for her, <laughs> and then at the end, at the end, uh, Finn's like, uh, "Well, does it have to be princess hair?" And then he pulls his cap off, and he's got like this long flowing blonde hair. Dude, my kids do that. They put oh hats on God, and pull it. They, and great. Because I knew he was blonde. I didn't know that at one point he had such the long hair. Oh, he's so got funny, voluptuous hair. When uh, when because when Susan Strong tries to shove him under the water, and he takes his hat off, and you just see the. He just has like a regular mop of hair, but yeah, <laughs> that was a great episode. And, and his <laughs> eyes are all glistening. And he's he's in the moment, you know. And he's all blushing. Oh my god, I love it when they blush. Oh and, like, yeah, just the crazy stuff. Like, why does Lady why does Lady Rainicorn speak Korean? Like, that's like a voice. I offense. I I just want a ringtone of her. It's speech. very soothing. Isn't it's it? so great. I you have, don't even have to know what she says. I convinced a uh, a dude at work, uh, an hourly who works with me. He uh, I've been sending him clips, and he's like. Dude, why is Fiona's? Why she got rabbit ears? And it's like, and it's just he's just asking me all these questions. I send them shit, and every time, like when um, when LSP bit uh, Jake, and he's he's getting yeah. all happy, and then, and then Jake's like, I'll suck the, the I'll suck the lumpy venom at you, and and so like homeboy IMs me back with that quote, and he's just he's like laughing his ass off at anything they do. He, he loves BMO. It's just it's great shit, dude. And the one where they did the gender switch. Uh, dude, Fiona and Cake is fantastic. It's my yeah, favorite. It is, it is. Lord Monochrome, forget it. It's, like, it's, it's crazy because We're here's, Chris. here's Chris. Uh, 
Well, wait, here's, here's, here's Finn, who's, who's drawn like a tube. And then Hold you on, have, watch some baseball. And then you, have a, you, have a a you have a 13-year-old Fiona, who's all curvy and everything, and it's just, it's, they went very a little, it, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I, I like how extreme. And they have her on the ground in, in very yes. suggestive, suggestive like, poses. Yeah. Yeah. They were singing in jugs. Like, I don't know why I was there for that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Right. But wait, let's mm. pull this back. Jason, it, it, just for this week, you it's are like, Lumpy Space Princess. <laughs> nice. And uh, there's a storm on the horizon. It's a nasty storm of massive discounts <laughs> that, that you can get at Discount Comic Book Service, uh, dcbservice.com. That's right. You can get 35 to 75% off your favorite comic books and collectibles at the good old Discount Comic Book Service. I can't give you a list of what's available this month because it's not up yet. First week of the month, you're not going to have that list. Next week, you will know and you will gasp in awe at the massive discounts you will receive and if you're a first time discount comic book service customer you can get an extra eight percent off your already wumba discounts by entering the following code into the pre-morrison slot david i was drinking eoc8 very very unprofessional oh e yeah <laughs> eoc8 will net you another eight percent see how we did it eoc 11 o'clock eight the percent get it dcb service dot com uh let's knock out uh the drink roll call let's do it um vince why don't you <gasps> lead us off are you off suspension no i'm still <laughs> in the doghouse <laughs> you know what's gonna be awesome is how much your uh tolerance is down and how fucked up i'm gonna we get don't even have to yeah we don't have to slip up it's gonna be awesome I have oh. very little tolerance to begin with. So oh, I was going to say he's I'm a gonna, lightweight to begin with. Yeah. I'm going to get you so drunk next week. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and you owe me now. Uh, David, how about you? Mangiatois. All right. Wow. It, Is that the Italian version? The Mangiatois? I said menage. It was all warbly. <laughs> Nikki Minaj a trois. Uh, she is. Dude, she's horrible. She is. Horrible. She is, oh. yes. She is everything that's wrong with 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 pop popular music. Honestly, yeah. my my daughter Nina is thinks she's the greatest thing, and I'm like, oh, sweetheart, oh, she's oh. horrible. So frustrating. Yeah. yeah it is. All right, uh, Jason, you. Uh, I am drinking some Blue Moon. Aww. A little Belgium uh, Belgium white beer with the, even have a orange slice wedged in here. Just say, get your orange yeah. slice in there. I, yeah, I, I think taste the beer. your your Blue Moon song just gave Alan a purple heart on. Oh, <laughs> uh, tonight I'm drinking. Uh, I, I believe I've uh, I've had something from this uh, uh, brewery before. It is from uh, Petaluma, California, one of my favorite breweries. It's a uh, uh, the Lagunitas Brewing Company. I'm having their little something something nail. That's nice. what it's called. Cool. Something, something. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I yeah, like you, that. I need to have some of that. Yep. Yep. Little something something <laughs> nail. Something, got something got to have that. And uh yeah, it is uh it is uh it is a tasty ale as we're kinda getting into the into the summer weather and it's gonna be, you know, good uh, IPA weather. Um so this is a this is a, a nice nice hoppy ale from the fine folks at Lagunitas. So there you go, drink roll call. Very cool. Snappy. We're 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 terse this week. Hey guys, this is Harvey Picar. I just wanted to call you all and remind you that Harvey Picar is Cleveland. Uh, by myself, Harvey Picar, and Joseph Remnant. The hardcover's coming out on May 8th, and I want to make sure that you all get your pre-orders in. And, uh, and it's got an introduction by Alan Moore. 
And uh, you guys really need to read this because it's going to be a really great, a great book. Uh, that uh, it's a lot of bio- autobiographical comics. Uh, you know, it's it's been a long time since since you know I put anything out. It's kind of hard for me to do that when I'm up here in heaven. Uh, you know, but I've been having a good time up here. You know, I've been rearranging the furniture. You know, listening to my jazz records. You know, they got an unlimited supply of of lots of orange up here. You know, it's pretty. It's all right, but, you know, whatever. I hope you all uh, enjoy your weekend, and, uh, you know, 11 o'clock is you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I really like the show. You know, some of you guys are, are a little weird, but, you know, whatever. I hope you guys have a great time, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. We're going to talk about some good comics and some bad I'm going to piss some people off. Cause I'm gonna no, we're going to talk about all good comics tonight. I'm going to blaspheme on some artists tonight. All right. Well, you know what? There, there is a couple of things on the docket from uh, a week. Oh, on the docket today. Yeah, a week or two ago that we promised the fine folks that we'd get to, and I think we should get to them, right? Yeah. We how about we? How about we talk a little bit of King City first? Oh, yeah. Uh, Come oh, on, Jim Chris. What? The, uh, no, yeah. I just I heard like. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. It didn't yeah. click with him. Got, well, you mean the 424-page Cat Monster edition? Yeah, I got the singles, but that's okay. They're all the oh, same. Oh, my, a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't you cool. remember me busting Tomio because he was looking for him, and I had I him. I do, but I want to know when you're – I'm still waiting for someone to send me these uh, other Brandon Graham comics, if you know what I'm saying, people. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, the last time we talked about it, and we meaning me, was uh, in episode 113. That's a long wow, time ago. You. Oh, so, it's way back. And so I had I th- never heard of it until you mentioned it that episode. I know. So I think we should do a little bit of a rundown for the folks because memory lapses, right? Uh, you want to do it, Jason? You want me to do it? I, I think you should do it, my friend. I mean, I, I, I went into this. I think probably the reason it's timely is because we should say that uh, – that Image just put out, um, or Tokyo Pop. Uh, is it Tokyo Pop? Yeah, it's Image, right? Yeah, it's Image. It's Image. Pop- published or? Oh, it's, okay. it's Tokyo being... Pop presents King City, but it's produced by Image, yeah. But they put right. out this 424-page uh, soft cover uh, collected edition, which is how most of us are first experiencing it because it collects all 12 issues. So, Incredibly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's cheap. It's like, what, 19 bucks? Uh, it is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's like not even it's not even eleven bucks at Amazon. Crazy truth, truth. But uh, there, you know, the couple things going in. Uh, Brandon did the first volume of King City at Tokyo Pop, and then mm-hmm. for um, a number of reasons, it went unfinished uh, because Tokyo Pop has or had a a very nasty um, artist. Um, ownership policy from from what i could tell where uh, not unlike a lot of publishers out there but so there i mean there was it was up in the air and he went to image and finished it basically uh and you could see in the singles in uh, there's a lot of text pieces in the single issues where he goes into okay this is the first part of the new stuff you guys haven't seen this before i did it in this mindset and Marion helped me with this and she designed that and he goes into excruciating detail in the text pieces I don't know if they're in the book because I don't have the collected edition so you guys gotta tell me if they're in there but uh, I did not know he had cancer mm-hmm. oh yeah. I didn't either yeah, yeah. What, anyone know what kind I don't the kind that is um, will kill you 
<laughs> well, there you go. Thing, but yeah, it's pretty much it all will. So, uh, I mean, and, and from what I can tell, he overcame that. Yay, Brandon. Uh, so basically, you have Joe. Joe is or was once romantically attached to Anna Green Gables, a very cool uh, billboard bomber. She's a graffiti artist, and she's paid to do it by companies uh, mostly painting mustaches on faces of, of billboards and uh, sexy little redhead, and they were into it hot and heavy, uh, and something happened, and Joe walked away. And in the period where he left King City for two years, he goes to some place called the farm and trains under a man named Mud to be a cat master, which is a cat-equipped spy. These cats are genetically enhanced. Uh, when they're injected with this substance, they can do anything, basically. They can... Well, what? I was just going to say, they can do lots of stuff, like, anyway, and then the injections make them even more... Cause they right. can, I, yes. I got the... the um, uh, just that maybe the cats have all the powers at once, but they're not dominant in the stuff that they in like Ultra they, Boy that they inject into the cat brings certain traits to the surface. That's what I got out of it. Sure, that makes sense. I mean, but basically, because how could you anything. have a potion for for everything? Yeah. Well, you would have to have a potion for everything if it sequesters one of those things. Well, well, like, we won't know, think about it. Yeah, yeah. it it's, it works. It's the utility belt that Batman has. It always right. it's anything you need is there. Right. Shark repellent, you know. But uh, so, I mean, the cat can duplicate things with his copycat power. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. He can do uh, post-mortem examinations. He's he's uh, skilled in math, uh, surveillance. He can be a little cat periscope in one scene, uh, cat skateboard, crossword puzzles. He can be a missile launcher. I mean, the cat can do pretty breathe yeah, fire, parachute. So uh, in any kind of... Um, dangerous situation joe injects the cat with this formula and the powers manifest and he usually gets out of it his but, cat is uh, named earthling earthling jj yes. cattingsworth the third yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh joe has a friend named pete tie fighter this is awesome uh, who we almost never see without a ski mask, only in very uh, personal Boy, situations. Like yeah, exactly, Harold. exactly. Does he take the ski mask off? And his, his very, he's very, got very. a ski he's got a ski mask collection. Yeah, the, well, the, the walls of his apartment. I, I mean, just reading the within the first two issues when we first see him, I wasn't sure if that was a collection or if that's just he changes it depending on whatever mood strikes him. Just like you would change your shirt. He has a formal ski mask too. It's got it's black. Black. Okay. Yeah, it's a joke. Not a very good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, G- Pete, like Joe, dabbles in espionage, and, and he takes a a contract from a group called the Racket Club gang to watch over and transport a gorgeous young Illindovian girl who is who is a water breather, and she's kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little tail, got a little rump shaker. And ultimately becomes obsessed with the girl. Uh, he completes the, the the contract though reluctantly because he he likes breathing, uh, but then he beats himself up for it, um, you know, pondering ways he could have gotten out of it. And he he tries to find her. He tries to make right the wrong that he committed. Um, Anna has moved on from from Joe and is now with Maximum Absolute, who goes by the name of Max. 
a dude that is a veteran yes. of the Co- Korean zombie war. The zombie uh, war, yep. I guess it, Korea is infested with zombies. Uh, it's isolated, thankfully. And uh, he came back to King City scarred uh, physically, emotionally. I mean, he lost a leg in, the, in, in a battle uh, and uh, is plagued, as many war veterans are, by nightmares. Uh, reliving his battles, uh, and and to get rid of those, he has um, succumbed himself to a drug called chalk, a nasty little compound that eventually turns the user into the drug itself. Um, Which is it, totally it, freaky. It is, but it's cool though. What was his friend's name? Uh, Sunshine. Um, um, the the dude uh, in the apartment. Uh, they're they're sitting there uh, imbibing or about to imbibe, and, and he just breaks a finger off. And he's like, he's crushing it up. And they were going to actually ingest a part of his friend, uh, just, just to get high. And, and there, there's a, a, some strife between Anna and Max over the drug using. And, and he knows it's wrong and he's trying to get away from it, but it's, but like any I, addict, he can't, you know. Right. Uh, I guess the, uh, the battle with the zombie queen, Nogzot, just pushed him over the edge. <laughs> so, uh, who else is in this thing? Um, Bebe. Is yes. the leader of the Owl Street gang, who uses Joe, not only to uh, for her clandestine little um, escapades in the bed, but uh, she's shoring up defenses against this nasty bastard, who uh, was recently re- re- resurrected, and uh, this great king of evil, uh, who was, as many kings of evil uh, fall are succumbed to, their essence is broken up. And sequestered in different parts of the world, so the thing never reforms again and and plagues the earth. But in this case, one was actually on the moon, right? One one part of of the. Oops, sorry, David didn't get there yet. Uh, <laughs> sorry, right. but, but uh, so this 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 nasty character has been uh, broken up into three pieces and spread to the uh, both far and wide in order not to reform. But uh, the old guy ain't having it, and he goes in search for his other pieces. It'd be um, up in this piece. Uh, Lukashev is an old Sasquatch, and, and he was once a um, a member of a, a what was it? An ultra secret space program with uh, Chupacabra and a dinosaur uh, from the future. And Correct. He he runs a safe house called Nowhere, where these uh, spies or or road people can go to uh, hide from whoever is is on their tail or just to get away from things and is all these characters coming together in this story multiple storylines uh, but the, i think the real star of the series is the king city itself yeah and yeah. and not to sound um like a pretentious twat but i am uh king city is brandon graham the 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 way he draws buildings the way he designs the the urban sprawl the 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 uh, graffiti, the signage, the typography, the actual content of of the signage, like you you could tell, Brandon is is way into porn and TNA and just mm-hmm. just just sexy stuff. And this whole city has the personality of the author, and uh, Brandon's extremely punny. 
uh, at yes, least all throughout yes. the book are little sight gags and words. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yes. at least once a page, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be in 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 a bit of dialogue between characters or a sign on a telephone pole. Just it, there's these little snicker moments littered throughout the entirety of King City. Like he goes and, has to go into the cervix entrance, and it's a big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love and, that one. And it says assassins, please sneak in here, and it's called the garbage shoot with a gun over it. Like it's all yeah, even, stuff like that. Even when we have the flashback to the. Uh, the war in the second issue everybody's um what should i call it the uh, everybody's i guess knives just uh the machetes they all have things written on them and yeah. as far as uh what is it um which reminded me a, a hell of a lot of martial law oh yeah and they were all named after like uh the mo- not uh models but uh like like fashion models like elizabeth hard on van dal yeah. soon uh, <laughs> it was uh Estee murder. So I mean, it's it really. I mean, yeah, you don't. And some of them you don't even really have to look for to 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 get. Right, I mean, right. they're right there in front of you, but it's just. But they're just. They're subtle. They're, they're on the sly. They don't draw you away from anything else going on. It's just part of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know the double page spread with the buildings. Uh, the page before the uh, uh, panel with the weapons. Yes, it ain't he pretty. Drew, he drew that on the floor of somebody's uh, living room. Hmm. Just just brings brought his board with him, and that See, was one and of the things. And, and that's as I'm as I'm reading some of the back matter and 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 or even front matter since it's on the inside front cover. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying as as and again, you know, I'm I'm only going by the issues I have thanks to thanks to Jeff, and it's it's I am I'm enjoying. Brandon, as much if not more than oh sure yeah than, than, than the work he's doing and and just it it adds something extra and the fact that yeah he'll just he'll take cardboard or scrap paper or whatever just to draw whatever needs to be whatever he has to do at that moment and it's like he could draw on the floor of a moving subway car or at McDonald's or it doesn't matter he just he yeah. has to get the comic mm-hmm. out and I I absolutely adore that that is just yeah. that that that's not the old you know. Eisner Studio way of going in, or or, or Siegel and Schuster, you know, got to report to work, sure. or, you, or it's not the bullpen way where you would fix other people's mistakes. It was just like I got to draw my comic. This is what's moving me, and I don't care where I have to set up shop. This is where I'm drawing right now. Isn't that awesome? That and, is, uh, by the way, Vince, uh, the guy's name is Tooth. His tooth. Is tooth, right? What did I? Uh, what I said? Sunshine or something stupid. Um, yeah. But you know when you're as a creator when you're when you're fashioning characters and you lend a certain part of your voice to the characters your your characters each have well i hope each have a personality a unique personality of their own like anna is not a whole lot like joe who's not a whole lot like pete they each have a unique voice but the city is 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 um a container it's just waiting to be filled, you know. Uh, he anthropomorphizes the city with his voice. I think that's the most awesome part of this this work is that, like David said, the the he's enjoying Brandon's text pieces as much as the work. Well, that that's fitting because yeah, the the city is Brandon, and and it's it's inescapable. You you can't his his it's unique to him when you read his tweets and the text pieces you could tell that that dude made this city mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I, I love that part of the book well and, I, go ahead. no i was just gonna say and, and i mean just judging by the little bit of profit i've read so far he 
it's not like when I look at the back covers of, of King City and I see, you know, and, and the same thing with his Twitter avatar. I mean, that's the, the, the King Boiler, and, or I'm sorry, Royal Boiler, and, and that's that's how he characterizes himself. And it, it's fitting for King City. And the story being told in King City is different than the story he's writing for, for profit. And it's just, he's not, unlike Fred Hembeck, who draws pretty much everybody the same, or even when he draws himself in the strips, it's like, you know Fred Hembeck, you know his style, you know that's what he's going for. But this is just... Graham just is he's he's able to tell different types of stories. It not he's not a one trick pony. It's not like he's not writing profit right. like he would write King City. It it but really does a, feel different. There is a common thread between King City and Profit though. And it's also shared by James Stokoe and Orkstein. There he's world building when he's doing these stories. Oh yeah. For sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um but I could change something. In, intensely world building i mean he designs everything yeah. everything looks like it functions everything has a purpose he, even when he, when he draws you know royal boil boiler in a, in a multitude of ways each one like he'll have a pot and it, so he's always thinking form and function he just won't throw a scribble down and say, "All right, you right, know, right. That, that'll work." Yeah. No, yeah, it's it doesn't not abstract. Work. Like I think people, like people that aren't familiar with the art, haven't seen it. It's it's not abstract. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, everything is is rendered so that you should know what it is or get some sense of what it is. But it's it's not. Um, but it's certainly. Um, but it's uh, the But he he doesn't. But it's organic, you know. Like he doesn't. He he right. he clearly puts a ton of thought in it. But it's not. It, the city doesn't look like anything any city that we we we've ever come across looks like. But it doesn't. It doesn't just look like it's uh, shapes for the sake for the sake of shapes. Right. You know, and there is structure. Not a straight edge to be found. It's all hand drawn. Yes. Sure, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. What I was going to say, the thing that impressed me is so when I've I've only I'm only about two thirds through it. Um, I was hoping to finish it today on the ride home, but it didn't happen. Um, but what's impressed me is just. The um, the uh, commonality of tone, like Brandon doesn't he? You could tell he's he was writing this book for his own sake, and and he it doesn't seem like he, and I'm sure this was intentional. He doesn't make any moment bigger than any other. You know whether it's it's meeting the you know the 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 big bad and in, in his Cthulhu form, or it's you know him sharing tea with his buddy, or walking down the street or a random scene with a uh just a, a, another member of the city um they're all treated in the same um like pacing and given the same you know uh p- pathos there's no there's no there's right. no like there's no points of emphasis like oh you know th- it doesn't feel like there's 10 pages of filler and then boom this is a big scene it's just like every page is its own thing you know and and you just go along and and if you step back and think about some of the things that happen they're extraordinary and in a, in a quote unquote conventional comic those would be the crescendo moments that you build toward and you almost feel like you're tolerating the build up to get to these big moments and in this the big moments are just no more or no less significant than right. the the random moments and that's I, impressive. I was a little i was kind of stunned in the beginning when he's on the train and um pruneface flicks the snot back to him and knocks him off the train. Yeah. Like, you, you just got knocked off a moving train. I bugger. Yeah, and he's just like, oh well, you know, yeah. I, I got, I got knocked the off the train. Machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, un- talk about understated. The first time the 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 dark dude uh, assumes his true form, it's just like, okay, here's this colossal Lovecraftian beast right. rampaging right. through the city, and no one is screaming. Like no one seems to be 
extremely upset, they handle it, and it's wow. So yeah, Jason, you're right. I didn't even uh, you're I didn't even think of that. Well, there you go. That's why you pay me props, the big bucks. Vince. Props yeah. to the wood, wood. But uh, yes, massive. Where's Waldo? Esque, super dense, intricate cityscapes. And uh, at one point in the in the singles, anyway, I don't know if it's going to transfer into the collected edition. Brandon, even I'm sure it will because it's a double page spread. That's part of the story. He even designed a board game, and and gave you playing tokens on the front and back covers that you can mm. cut out and fold and actually play the damn double page spread. Like this is intense decision making and 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 creation and fabrication of something from nothing, and it's all real. It, it 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 just feels real to me. And it, now, let me ask wow. you because I haven't gotten to the end. I know David hasn't either, so don't spoil it for us. But what I'd like okay. to know is, um, since this was a twelve issue series that had some at least publishing difficulties, um, does it have? I mean, is it is it a complete story? Or because it, it wouldn't surprise me given the tone of what I've read so far. If if you know we're just basically issue twelve is just another yeah. part of. Of the experience and then it's over, but there's no, or, or is there a resolution to 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 you know the, the the main characters? No, I won't spill the beans, but it it does end, okay. um, and to be as vague as possible. At first, when I read the ending, it didn't rub me the right way. Okay, and when I went back and read the issue before and read the f- the final issue again and thought about it for a while, it's exactly the way it should end. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You know what I loved in the second issue when he removes the bandage and sees the skull scar? Mm-hmm. What he says is reflected back in reverse, or is a mirror image in the mirror where he says, geez. Ah. Uh, I just love little things like that. As if the word balloon was actually physically there. There, yeah. <laughs> Coming out of his head, yeah. <laughs> But at least you know that this is his reflection that's saying it. It's not like, and it's just, or this is the ref, this is the angle from the reflection, and because his his head is out of the shot from the panel, it's just it, just little things like it really is unique, different. It's uh, yeah, it's singular. It, yeah, I, this is I, I I mentioned I I enjoyed this afternoon because we the four of us kind of all had a little get together and, and, and the PMs on the forums and, and it was it, we were talking about some of the things we were going to talk about tonight and, and King City along with Tale of Sand are two of the things I have on my list. If that's the only thing I come home with from Chicago, I'll just sneak it into my suitcase. I don't care. But I, I want aside to, from the clap. Aside from the clap, I want to come home with, with, with King City because I want to have this red and, and I want it somewhere on my 11 o'clock this year. Nice. You know, Chris nice. said something during, in the PMs that mm-hmm. I thought going, going into this series and um, I have to agree with him to a certain extent. It does have the same feeling uh, as Scott Pilgrim. There, there are moments when you say I that because oh, okay. It's funny you say that because you know I was not a fan of what I read of Scott Pilgrim. So yes, yes. Me, me, meaning though, it's um, and I have to drag um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in, into this too because okay. w- the self-aware characters usually bother the shit out of me. Um, they didn't bother me too much in Scott Pilgrim. Like when the character knows more than a character should know. When when he becomes self-aware that yes, he's a he's a fictional 
creation in a fictional universe and the nudge nudge wink wink to the to the reader sometimes bothers me bothers the shit out of me and buffy joss whedon's dialogue is is like listening to metal machine music for a week straight you know really to me it it grates on me i can't stand it but uh, and and did they ever show any self-awareness in buffy oh with the puns the lightning fast puns you can they no, that people do not speak like that. People oh, yeah, need time. That's, that's not self awareness. That's and you could say the same thing. But about I mean, but that's why. But it's that's it's, why it's than, that, That's why they. I mean, they had to be. She she you had know, a watcher, it, it, so I mean, they 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 had to know what they might be coming up against. I but understand granted, that. Granted, I I can get the fact that you know. Willow was able to find shit awfully quick and and be able to you know find out how to defeat the big bad of the week uh, yeah mostly though it's it's with the barbs and the and the one-liners and the and the one-upness that all the characters engage in. oh yeah but that's that, that's that generation Pe- thing i know but people aren't that s- um swift you, you, they can't uh, rattle you off hung, one, you never, you've never hung out with tom caters on a weekend I just that, said, no but know. see that that's that's what i'm trying to say tom is brilliant and he is one of a kind. And in a in a social situation, oh, Tom but six no people no is. Tom commands to f- right to find six people of equal wit. Uh-huh. It, it it just yeah. doesn't happen. Okay. That you could see the writer's hand at work. It it all sounds like it's coming from one voice when they're all in in a circle rattling off those things. And and Scott Pilgrim had some of that. And there's also some of that in uh, King City. But unlike the other two things, King City. They, they it all sounds like it's coming from unique voices written by different people like it sounds like the char- the, the the origin of the words are coming from the character not the author mm-hmm. if if that makes sense to anybody it does uh, it, it it doesn't sound forced or or trite or played out unlike buffy i just don't like buffy okay uh, i was going to say you're like david with like you know glory Oh, <laughs> and Alpha's they're 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 uh um they're, oh, they're filming yeah uh oh gosh now you're gonna yeah you know, don't worry, don't worry about it yeah yeah the other the other skinny white broad that's right they are filming the second season yeah, yeah. excellent that, that's good I guess yeah. the word I, you can use is organic the dialogue feels and and when when I read it out loud in my mind it sounds very natural to me mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I guess, do you know, I mean, I'm presuming he's not planning on ever coming back to this, or, I mean... I don't know. Um, I don't recall anything from the text pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope so. I don't think the text pieces are in here. I mean, I haven't gotten to them, and like I said, I'm about two-thirds of the way through, so... Are the backup Maybe stories in, the back. in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they are James, the James Stokoe did an awesome one. Um, yeah. And and there's there's some even better than his and uh, Marion Churchland's in here and yeah she's good that, that that's, yeah, that's, his, that's his girl right it's, yeah, yeah and he was, she's yeah, very he, good he, he oh they're together the, yeah oh yeah he uh, well yeah, oh, maybe they right now they are oh I had no idea yeah well, not for okay. sure it's uh, in the trade it it talked about that and they he I, I believe they live together in Vancouver yeah I know they're yeah they're Canadians up. that's why you you didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> See, it, it's it's he, the manga influences um, and the Canadian, and the Canadian origins is, that really rub no, you the wrong way. No, with me, it was, um, and, and I'm glad that you guys dug it. And I will go back and I will read it, and I will probably fall in love with it. 
I didn't read it at the right time. It was just it. Yeah, I can. I was I was not in the right. That frame definitely can happen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, it it happens. You know, all the time. I'll I'll read something. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. You know, not 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 for me. And then I'll go back. You know, right. as soon Pretty as like, everything I read last week fit, fit that category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you yeah. can go back, and a week later, it it you know opens up to you, or you know a decade later, it opens up to you, and 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 you fall in love with it. But yeah, I we mentioned Scott Pilgrim. This reminded me of everything that I did not like about Scott Pilgrim. It's interesting, only because you you and Vince both. It's funny, Vince is saying it, and you're saying it. Only you didn't really care for Scott Pilgrim, and Vince liked it. And I didn't care for Scott Pilgrim, but I liked this. So and, in and, my mind, I didn't see really any connection to them. So it's fascinating how each person's. It, know, it's very hip. It's it's it shares that same yeah, hip uh, factor with with and, Scott Pilgrim, and, and that's exactly what I was. Uh, I, I was coming off of. A week where I had been around a bunch of you know hipster douchebag types, and I just I nice I well yeah it was a it was it was not nice, and then I'm reading you know a book that was probably a little too hip for it's Mm -hmm. good in my in my opinion, but you know what I I'm not saying that it's not inventive and imaginative and fun, and I'll come back to it and I'll be able to overlook the the twentiness of it. And you know, I'm just I'm not in my twenties anymore. Uh, you know, so. the thing I think that differentiates King City from a, a, a work of of hipsterism is that uh, King City doesn't realize it's hip. It it okay. it bestows hipness. It doesn't suck hipness like Scott, yeah. Scott Pilgrim. And that's I mean? why. Scott, I think and that's why. You know, I think that I'll may be like, why I that you may have just got it to why I have enjoyed what I've read of King City, but did not enjoy what I've read of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes be. King City gives. You know what it well to me it's it gets back to that slacker thing. Um to me Scott Pilgrim I I, I didn't I didn't like the way that and again I've only read a little bit of it, so please people listening at home that love the book don't please don't take my criticism as some great condemnation of something you hold dear. Um, but what little I did read of it, I, no, I just mean, you know, because people take, I mean, that's a book that people love, so I don't want to get, get the haterade going. But, um, but the reason I didn't care for it was because, again, you know, I usually, I have, I often struggle with like the, uh, the loser mentality, like the, the, like right. the embrace, the embrace that I, you know, that, that, the, this notion that people like embrace being a loser, you know, like like with that, as though somehow that's like a badge of honor, and I felt that's kind of like the, the the slacker. Yeah, it was trying to it was trying to make slackerism cool, and again, it all depends because because you could say that I mean Mordecai and Rigby on the regular show are, are as big as slackers as it gets, and I find them wildly entertaining. So I think it's just all whether or not I think that they're taking themselves seriously, and I felt like when reading Scott Pilgrim that that it, it was. It, that that uh, that uh, the creator, what's his name? Um, who created uh, Scott? Oh, uh, Brian Leo Brian Leo I felt like, and again, this is, and I'm sure a lot of people may disagree with me. I felt reading it though, like he took himself way too seriously. Like I was like, this book is for how silly it is should be relishing in its silliness, and I feel like it's acting like it's this really serious like undertone of relationships, and there's a there's a, a it it feels like it was trying to speak for a generation, and I yeah, struggled yeah. with that, you know. Um, like I feel like books and and works that speak for a generation aren't really necessarily trying to. They like right. over time they become that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, I don't want to get into a whole big dis. Oh no! Oh. Mute button. 
Mute button. Yeah, mute button. Mute button. Sorry, mute bros. Button. Sorry, bros. That's okay. No, I just said I didn't want to get into a long dissertation on Scott Pilgrim because, again, I've read very little of it. And I, I would feel completely yeah. unqualified to defend my opinion other than to say that it didn't reel me in enough to keep with it. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, um, big Scott Pilgrim news, by the way. They're going to uh, release color edition. Oh, yeah, and I actually am yeah. planning on buying the first one at least to see just because yeah. um, I don't yeah, read it. So. You know, it's... I, I tried, and I liked the movie way more than I liked the uh, the comic, and so and wow. I, I and I think that's okay. Yeah, that is okay. Well, John Sarah um, so diverse. <laughs> well, I I I have a tendency to really like Edgar Wright works. So oh, I like every Edgar Wright work, but that one really. Yeah. Have you watched Spaced? Have you have you gone through? Uh, all? I started it. Yeah, I, I saw. I've seen one episode so far. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see all of the, all of the little Edgar Wright isms in there, and and certainly a lot of the. You see, a lot of the they actors. make a uh, Shaun of the Dead Lego set. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the author of that one uh, backup that I was uh, trying to find his name. It's Thomas Herpic. Yeah, he, Herp- he did. Huh? He did. Or is, is it Herpic or Herpich? Well, whatever. It's uh, he, he, yeah, he turned in by far the best backup, even better than wow. James Stokos. And I love Stokos, but yeah, you but Her, Herpich, Herpich's one was fantastic. It's a, another uh, cat master. It's oh, cool! Really, really cool. Yeah. How about uh, Stoko Godzilla coming at you? Oh my God! I can't wait. <laughs> the uh, one thing that I really, as I'm reading it, and 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 we we finally get to really see Anna the first time in, in the second issue, I was just. The, the, the Vaughn bodiness of her face. It was just, yeah. it was, yeah. it, it's, it's really, I mean, I just, I, we'll keep I, I can't wait to finish this. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You're getting fuzzy now, but I can't, I can't wait to, to, to get really into this and, and just take it all in. <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm Colin from Beyond the Grave. Just a few observations about your show. Firstly, Jason Wood, that elitist bastard, stop it with the opinionations already. You got no right. You're pissing people off. And secondly, Christopher Neesman, stop it with the criticizing of Vince B and his water. Let the poor boy drink something other than booze, because as we know, life is for the living. All right, Chris, what you got? Because Vince is fuzzy, and you you have you haven't you haven't regaled us with much yet. Um, Jason Aaron. Did the impossible? Oh, um, I know. Oh, he has written an X Men book that I really enjoy. There are going to be points tonight where each of us are going to be quiet when someone else is speaking. Ah, really? Uh, well, okay. Really? No, no, well, I'm talking about the really about David's perspective. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, because, well, I'm not. I, I'm no, not. I know why. I know why. Why? Jason, who's leading this X Men team? Well, no, I know it's Wolverine, and so you don't like that Wolverine's anti-slim. But I, I'm curious. Go ahead. No, Chris. no, no, no. Uh, no, no go ahead. I'll let. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, it's. Uh, I. I love it. It's great. I Sal at work was like, "No, it's fun. You you've got to you've got to read this." And I, uh, I dug into it, and he's it. It is. It's fun. It's smart. It uses a lot of the. Uh, a lot of some you know, old continuity. There are um, Grant Morrison characters in there. Is that is Quentin Quentin Quarles? Yes. He's a he's Quire. a Morrison Quire. character. Quire. Quire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got you've got the the 
Brood. You've got uh, some of the you know the great uh, uh, legacy Shi'ar characters. The the whole setup. If you've not read uh, Wolverine and the X Men, is that Wolverine is starting a, a school for gifted youngsters. It's not Xavier's school. It's actually Jean Grey's school for for what extraordinary youngsters or gifted youngsters, whatever they for wayward they, gene jokes. It, wayward gene jokes, and yeah. it's it's Wolverine and Kitty are the the headmaster and head headmistress, and the the rest of the faculty are uh, Beast, uh, Iceman. Uh, I believe Gambit is, but we haven't seen him to this point. Rogue, uh, uh, Rogue Husk, and I, Karma. Uh, uh, yeah, Karma, and and, and a couple others um, sprinkled Lockheed. in. Yeah, Lockheed is is awesome. I love the janitor is Toad. I was going to say you got to talk about the janitor, and Toad, also you forgot to mention the, the 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 best staff member, Dupe. Oh yes, uh, Dupe is. Dupe, he's involved in faculty, um, which yeah. uh, which he actually did have to step in as a substitute teacher, yeah. which was uh, which was a funny moment. But but they've done what you know, and I enjoyed New X Men, and uh, that was you know with like Scotty and uh, and what Zeb Wells was was it? No, it was Ria- no, it was, it was Yost and Chris yeah, Yost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, and I and I enjoyed that. That was it was neat to get to know some new characters. But with Wolverine, and, and then the it became X-Men. Young X Men with Yannick Paquette, if I'm right. If I'm exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What what they've done with this series is that I'm already starting to enjoy the students' screen time more than more than the X Men. Right. Uh, young Gladiator, I smile every time I see him because he's such a little dick. Kid Gladiator. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kid Gladiator, and then you've got. Probably my my favorite new character in a long time is is Brew, who I think is just a brilliant brilliant character. It's a it's it's a young uh, adolescent Brood, and he's a mutant. And why is what he a Brew? Because he because he's not he's not a a heartless mindless um, savage killer. It, it's a Brew. It's a Brood with a conscience, and and that is what makes him. A, a mutant is that he's not he's not you know a brutaling you know killer uh oh gosh who else who else do they have um uh, well, a lot of the, a lot of the new x-men are in there like uh anol and uh, mercury Anole. and um indra and helion and um so they've taken a lot of those characters a lot of the you know the quote-unquote new mutant. armor who is in uh, astonishing x-men and they brought her over into the mainstream continuity to you know who's sort of like the well, in Astonishing, they were making her out to be like the next in the line of, 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 of young females that Wolverine sort of protects. You yes. know, like the, now that uh, Jubilee's next, gro- all grown up, but uh, but yeah, but now she's she's part of this crew, and yeah. So you've got you've got these these young students and the faculty, and so it, it really captures for me anyway. It captured that feeling of the early new mutants whenever they were they were students at at Xavier's school and you had the x-men and it gets into some you know and actually my 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 next favorite idea or concept is i don't know if it's a student or an x-man but is definitely there is um what krakoa yeah they took the living island and they uh built the school 
kind of accidentally on top of Krakoa, the the living island, even though it's not the same one from uh, what from uh, uh, issue ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an offspring of it, the original Krakoa. Yeah, and and things get going bad, and then Krakoa, in in like this moment of of need, asks for asylum basically to uh to be able to to stay there so, so how the this... hell do land masses mate well i mean that's the creative you, again that's that's the fun part of it right like it's crazy and this Krakoa explains it's, a it's actually a mutant yeah it's a mutant and uh and it, it asks it wants to be part of the x-men so which it's, it's fun. which is funny uh, so who's but, gonna say no to an island sure well especially well, yeah. when the new, the new school's built on top of him so yeah. yeah, and which which was great. It's uh, you know, and the, oh, the the next the next issue, Husk is uh, is teaching a class out out in you know uh, outside of the school grounds, and it's really sunny. And then all of a sudden, there's you know like a tree there for shade, and she's like, "Oh, thanks, Krakoa." So it's uh, you know, silly silly stuff like that. Um, but uh, the blasphemy that I was gonna that I was gonna talk about is um, you know I. I really liked the first three issues, and it was Jason Aaron and and Bacallo. Yeah, Chris Bacallo. Bacallo. Um, Chris Bacallo is an amazing illustrator. Yeah. I, visually stunning. Mm-hmm. I have never enjoyed his visual storytelling. It I mean, just, you're not alone there. It, it, um, I mean, it lots just, of people feel that way, I think. It, pretty to look at can't tell a story it, it, it not can't tell a story it it that's not why you that's not why you read it's a hard to decipher yeah, yeah there are definitely panels where i agree with you i yeah he, he did that run with um that was a few years ago now but uh it was leading into uh the birth of hope right it was the run where like mm-hmm. you had a lot of the evil that you had people like uh the the uh the omega sentinel and you had um uh uh, was that in Carrie's X Men? Uh, the the yeah, the I don't even remember which became legacy. Yeah, Sabretooth was part of the team. Yeah, um, that was that that was Mike Carrie's. That that was yeah, Supernova was part of the team, and they all went um, bad. Alberto yeah. Ramos was uh, was doing some of the arcs in that. Too. Yeah, and Bahalo did some of that, and again, same with. I, it's funny. I I don't I know what you're saying, Chris, because I um I didn't think his run on this book suffered from that like i thought it actually was pretty good in that regard it was but okay I, it was yeah it but was... i think that um when the last i was actually a little nervous that i saw he was doing this book because of bahalo's last run on x-men i felt what you're saying i felt that it looked great if i looked at each page i was like wow i would love to have this page hanging on my wall but yeah. it, it it didn't tell the story very well so i, I know what you're saying and, and i think you know maybe you know, i love his work amazing amazing artist uh maybe not the best choice for big team books I, I would personally, my my dream would be for Bacala to do Cloak and Dagger. Oh, good. I, I think would be fucking amazing. But um, you know, big big team books, maybe not uh, maybe not the best choice. Oh, we also forgot um, Rachel Gray. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoenix is it Phoenix anymore? No, 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 no just just Rachel. Uh, that was the other thing. Get so confused in these things because X Men continuity just is well, it's confusing. Uh, Nightcrawler's back apparently. Well, are you reading? Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's back. It's a. It, I don't care if it's back from the dead or a living angel or an alternate reality. Whatever character's okay. back. Oh my God, corpse wasn't even cold. No, see, 
I know it's Age of Yes, I know. So it's not. I mean, he doesn't have the same personality as Fuzzy Elf. It is. It is a different character. He looks. They can change that in two arcs. They brought the character back. I think that's kind of funny. Well, I don't think they did though, because again, if like I think bringing the character back would be the beloved elf that everyone misses, and this is not that guy. It's just some dude wearing his skin, maybe, but it's not. Which would be creepy, right? If if you have a guy that looks just like your your best friend who is pretty much the nicest among you, and all of a sudden he's a dick, right? It's like it's like Dark Beast, right? Like Dark Beast is still around. Yeah, he's he's the antithesis of of Hank, you know. Yeah, I need I need to catch up on on my ex Kenny X Force or Kenny X Force. Uh, The other thing, uh, Colossus bald now. Yep. Mm -hmm. Peter had such a nice. He was better. a juggernaut for a while. Yeah, that that that's fear itself. That's what last. happens when you wear a hat too long. Mm-hmm. Y- your hair falls. I'm living proof of that. Yeah. Right. Oh. So uh, so th- those are a couple of the things I I noticed in Wolverine and the X Men that made me um you kind of go whoa. Uh, but um, back to the, back to the art. Nick Bradshaw has taken over art duties, and while not the <clears throat> Illustrative tour de force that uh, <laughs> that Piccolo is uh, tells a, tells a really good story, and it's a it's a really clean line. Um, I I kind of like it. It's um, it, Adam's ask. <laughs> um, no. Um, oh, okay. Do you is, think so? Really? Is that the guy that's doing the covers too? The one that did uh, Pregnant Kitty with all the brood around her? Yeah. yeah uh, I think it's very art Adams-esque. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I can see that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a clean line. Oh, the other uh, the other uh, character I really like, and if it's a, I believe it's a, it's a Remender um, character, is Genesis. Excuse oh me. My. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the... Um, uh, could be a future apocalypse. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's right. It's, it's yeah. one of apocalypse. Apoco- it's an apocalypse clone. Yeah. Yes, and what a brilliant, brilliant character. Loved it. Loved it. So, um, you know, the bottom line is that for the first time in probably twenty years, I'm I'm reading an X Men title that that I really, really like. Bizarro episode. Look at that. Yeah. By the way, yeah. just so you know, Chris, uh, Genesis hugely predates Remender. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know it if that. It goes back to at least when Ladron was drawing cable. So, I mean, I don't know if yeah. Jeff Lope created him or not, but I know it went back at least that far. Okay. Well, I, I just uh, remembered that from the, uh, yeah. the Uncanny X. That, that is this Genesis is from uh, yeah, Uncanny yeah, That's true. Well, Remender is, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a contemporary of ours. And obviously, the reason, one of the reasons I think Uncanny X Force has been so great is that he ha- he's, he's as passionate about. That era of the X Men is mm-hmm. is any any of us that read it, right? So he's he's sort of playing with those same toys, you know. So making him cool again, which is yeah. pretty cool. So that was uh, that was my that was my favorite thing that I've read. I'm right with you, dude. I mean, I I, I we even talked about that book as much as we mm-hmm. have Uncanny X Force, but I between that and Uncanny X Force, I mean, I think the those two X books are. You know, because people often lament that there's too many X books and they only want one X book, and why can't uncan? And I would say that you know, while that's I guess a, as valid a criticism as anything, I would say if you, you could get by without reading Legacy and X Men and Uncanny, and just read Wolverine and the X Men and Uncanny X Force, yeah. and get two hella good comics that yeah. are still, I think, you know, they they all float along the same, at least to date, have floated along the same kind of periphery. So it's not like yeah. 
you wouldn't get your taste of most of the characters, you know. So yeah, I'm just hoping that Avengers versus X Men doesn't completely fuck it up. Well, I guess we'll see. You know, it's always a risk, right? It now. will. It will. It's gonna. It's gonna get its <laughs> way grimy, to be optimistic. It's gonna get its grimy little claws into you know two of the two of the books that that have actually made it accessible to to read these characters again. Well, while your skepticism is probably warranted based on how, how events have gone at both mm-hmm. big two companies in recent years, I will tell you that um, I have hope for this one in 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 one particular regard, and that's that um, uh, I heard an interview um, with uh, with Jason Aaron um, about this, and he was saying that uh, for the first time, basically, when they sat down for a summit and came up with the idea he and the other creators involved said to the basically and this is you know his version of it so who knows if i guess there are lots of different versions of the truth but his perspective was that when they sat down to plan this book they told the editors and joe q and the powers that be and axel that they understood that fans were getting sick of event fatigue and that if they were going to do this it had to have real meaningful substantive impact that wouldn't be tricked and rolled back uh, in a year or two. And the reason that he felt that they could actually pull it off was because, frankly, everyone that is basically in charge of the Marvel Universe right now from a creative standpoint is involved in the book. And they all agreed at the table that none of them would do it if they couldn't all guarantee that this stuff was going to matter. So again, I mean, I know everyone's skeptical, and I've certainly been skeptical. Of this. Oh, yeah. It may not matter a year or two later. Everything sort of reverts back to the mean. I understand that. But for what it's worth, they at least went into it with the idea that it's going to matter. That, you know, whether, and, and I think that's in today's day and age, that's all you can ask. Right? You can't, so, I mean, you, you, they can't control what happens when they're, when they're off the books. But, right. You know, so. So, so they're treating it as the anti-flashpoint. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. So, Avengers versus X Men was not was not. Well, this? no. See, I I haven't no, read the I, first issue. I have the first issue. Oh, I read, read the first it. issue, and the, I, I wanted to read it for tonight, but sadly, time okay. got away from me. Um, because I had to catch up on Justified while I was eating dinner. The uh, well, what about the zero thing? The zero issue. See, I I think I I agree with Chris in 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 one aspect of the zero issue. Um, and I agree with Jason this? with I agree with Jason with most of his take on the zero issue. Um, where are you, where my, are you hearing my, this? My, or reading my, this? I'm reading this on the forums, buddy. Which forums. Oh, I don't go in that thread. Where's the forum at? Forums. Bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Forums. It's forum, right? Well, it's bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. There you go. And, and yeah, you can just do that. Anyway. <laughs> you dismissed me. Saying, you totally just, dismissed me. Well, you know, hey, you, you, you want to get good. King City, so it's all you're, right. So you're, the, I did not uh, spoil it. I know. Wait. I, uh, wait. So the, the zero issue. I I had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth because I read the first five or so pages of that Hope story. I think mm-hmm. it was at the end of um oh crap. It was at the end of something recently. Um so I saw what I I, I tried to sort of kind of defend Frank Cho's Scott Summers in Schism. Because I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> he he is slim. I mean, you know, I don't think he's as skinny as a tennis player, maybe, but you know, he's slim. But this was just, this was like, I think, yeah, Derek Howard texted me about it. It's like, it's as if Don Knotts just decided to wear Cyclops. That's funny. 
and and it's just his the, the Cyclops in the Zero issue is is horrible. It is. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it looks. Like, I'm surprised he can keep his head up because it looks like the visor would would would. Really? You, you remember? You remember? I said I was gonna. I was gonna commit blasphemy on two artists in this. But episode. right, Frank Frank, I, Frank Cho see, was he, not even, on top of his game. No, see, well, he he wasn't. I've seen better Frank Cho overall, but I think Cyclops aside, I didn't mind Miss Marvel or Spider Woman or, or Scarlet Witch to a degree in the Avengers half of the book. It wasn't he was he didn't bring his A game. I felt, or at least what I'm used to seeing from him, that would be a top of his form. But um, I, I enjoyed the Zero issue as a whole with, with the stories they were telling. Visually, some things were a little lacking in my eyes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we all have very different views of this book. Clearly, I mean, Chris, uh, I'm sure he'll get his word in. He, but clearly, based on our back and forth before the show, he he did not enjoy it at all. Um, I I thought it was terrific. I enjoyed every every bit of it. I, now, I will admit certainly that Slim wasn't drawn the model. <laughs> there's there's a difference between Slim and 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 anemic or anorexic. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Cho wins out the battle of the AVX artists so far to me because. He at least has the common sense to draw hope in costume along with everybody else instead of John Romita's decision to draw hope in a fucking uh, yoga outfit when everybody else is in costume. I don't understand oh, that. But, okay. um, but, but uh, I'm – I yeah, was this the be- – look, I'm a huge Cho fan. Was this the best Cho I've ever seen? No, no. But, um, but I definitely don't think – I still think Cho at 85% is better than <laughs> – Well, okay, and here's my, pro- here's my problem with, with hope is that she's supposed to be – Fifteen years old, sixteen now. But yeah, okay. Um, not a twenty-seven-year-old uh, supermodel. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's that's a criticism. You know, I know we've talked to Scotty about that because when he was doing um, the 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 young X-Men characters, mm-hmm. you know, he he drew pixie and, and she was, which was a, yeah. a teen, and then he, he, he tries not he tries not uh, to uh, draw, you know, like. Adolescence as as buxom sexual objects. But I will tell you Very again, good idea. a sixteen year old girl that's in the physical shape that Hope would be in from basically being a trained warrior whole life. I don't think that model that he, yeah. he's drawing a model that's too far off. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but sixteen year olds still look sixteen. Sixteen year olds don't look twenty seven. Maybe uh, maybe they do. Maybe I haven't been hanging I don't around. Know how many I don't know. Maybe you should <laughs> come around my campus every once in a while. Yeah. I was going to say I don't know how many twenty-seven-year-old women have uh, the uh, the firmness of uh, of hope. Nice. Distasteful. Very nice. But no, they're, they're, you're right though. There are clearly like as I'm looking through it again, there are clearly parts here which aren't vintage Joe. Like there's a one scene where there's where Cyclops is really skinny and and it looks like Hope's head is like was put on the page. A, after the rest of it, because it's like slightly smaller than her body, and then he and while I love Emma, he draws Emma with ridiculously large breasts, which are certainly like too almost too large, really for and, which. But, and I uh, and I like Frank Cho, but but there's sometimes yeah. you're just like, really, dude, really. Well, and he's so. not the favorites by the fact that in the same book is a preview for issue number one with the cover that Jim Chung did, which is just absolutely makes me want to pass out. It's so good. So yeah, I just Morning. finished up Zombie King. Oh, cool! I haven't, I haven't read it yet. So, oh, the, well, he, they, he's never going to finish Zombie King. What was that? 
That was what? Like Vince, you, five, you, five, see, the Zero Issue had stuff that you would have really enjoyed. I mean, I know if you still conceded to liking Big Two comics, it had MODOK, and it didn't just have MODOK. It had a bunch of MODOKs. It had like a T-Rex, red-headed T-Rex MODOK. It was like a bullet. It's like had, Devil Dinosaur MODOK. Really? Are we actually going to talk about the disaster that was the Bendis story in there? See, this is why I really kind of... The, the one panel that I was like, oh, snap, was the Frank, Frank Cho decided to um, pay homage to John Bushima and the, the cover to Avengers 57 when he was sending Wanda away from the mansion. That same, that same pose on that cover with, with, with his arm extended is, is how he was posed. Telling Wanda, you know, you bitch, you ain't welcome here. So it was, it was one of those things where she I shouldn't be right. welcome. So, there. so you were fine, and it was, and, and the whole thing with you know where, where whoever told you know Vision, you know, you, you kind of cold, little harsh, and then and then Logan, you know, the voice of reason for some reason is like, oh no, it's it's his it's his vote to to you know it's his vote that matters, and and his call, yeah. And, yeah, so it's it's which is ridiculous, oh, guys. If if I killed David and. <laughs> Came back like two years ago. You know, I'm walking around the streets, and and Jason is like, "Oh, Chris, what's up, dude? You know, it's been a long time." I tell you what, why don't you come on back to my crib, and and Vince is going to be there, and we'll talk some comics, and and we and and Vince would be like, "Jason, why have you brought? Don't you remember he killed David?" And I know what you're saying. What you, I would say, I would say my like, David. She killed my she, David. She killed half of the goddamn team. Again, I, I hear what you're saying, but I just think that your criticism rings hollow because you're talking. You're not talking about our world. You're talking about the comic book world where this happens all the time. In fact, this is what gets back to what we we're talking about at the end of Avengers: no, Children's Crusade. No, it does. It does. When, think about when, who's a member. Think about who remembers of these teams. Half their damn team. Turns but think people. about who are members of these teams, Chris. I mean, the, the Magneto is a is a is a key advisor in Utopia. He's killed yeah. millions of people. Uh-huh. He was the X Men's most most vile, hated arch enemy for decades. I mean, the, these books are predicated on redemption. Wolverine has been in a oh, blood red murderous race against his own people many times. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, and this is where it breaks down. Bendis made a point. That at least one of the characters still thinks it's a big deal. Yes, and so he is trying to play both sides of the fence. It's not a big deal. Everyone else has forgotten about it. Oh, but it is a big deal. Um, no, you not only killed our teammates; you used me to do it. So you can't say it's not a big deal and a big deal at the no, same that, time. That's Can I ask a question? Though. Before no, we get into it, sure it's, it is it, because again, no, it's each person. Me, each person would take it differently. Again, she. A lot of them have taken the stance of she wasn't in control of herself, and that's happened so many times in superhero comics where someone loses control and does ridiculous things. I mean, Hank Pym created Ultron for a fucking Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, and he's forgiven, right? And any, so any smack jam. Yeah, so my point is, like, most of them have said, oh, he wasn't in control. Vision, because it was his wife and it dealt with his kids and his body was used, feels like it's a harder thing. That's totally yeah. ra- That's well, totally within the realm of superhero comics. It happened a million I, times. I, I love that. But, but Jason, it doesn't make it good writing. Uh, but that, but to be honest, I mean, let's be honest. This is a book where you should have written. 
but make th- it good writing. Normally, I give you your, normally I give your pulpit, but where I struggle with your criticism of this book is that going into this book, if I were to tailor pick one book out of the shelves in the last month that you, I would have said Chris will hate this, it's this because yes. you've had a hard on against Bendis, particularly his writing of the Avengers for years. And what so I why did you bother not- reading this book? Well, I read it because of the Jason Aaron story. But wait, but what I love is now how how he's so he's so dead set. Against the, the, this whole Wanda thing, but it, it's perfectly acceptable. Oh, it, it's cool that Wolverine's in charge of school. Can I ask a question? No. Yeah, yeah, before but, you, you, you go ahead. Go no, I want to. I want to hear your question. In, in a nutshell, very quickly, because I'm a little lost. Who killed who? She? Who? Wanda killed someone? Yeah, she killed. I mean, Jack of Hearts. More mutants. She, she killed, killed Jack yeah. of Hearts and and, and Scott Lang. Lang. It's all Lang. Yeah. Oh, okay. Avengers Only. disassembled. Right. Yeah, that's why she's uh, been gone. Is, the is there any mention made and of... The whole, of and the whole no more mutants thing. So yeah. Okay, right. Is there any mention made of, of Jen actually ripping the vision in half? Like, No. Really? Jen. So he's he's just back. Well, How did he come back? This, oh, he, he, well, he was... In, in Young Avengers, it's it's the vision, but just in a younger body? Is that it? Or, or, or uh, Oh, so this is not the vision. This so is, this is oh, the vision. It is because in 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 new event is it new Avengers that that apparently there's a there's a recent issue of new Avengers right before the zero issue where it it makes sense if if you read that issue from what the forum has said this that, vision like the the vision we think of with with vision and Scarlet Witch is really just back he's just come back it's not yes. like he's and how is Wanda responding to him well this issue the zero issue is where they first see each other oh. She doesn't want to come back to the mansion. She's she's fighting the Modocs in, in presumably New York because that's where everything happens. Spider Woman and Miss Marvel come to battle the Modocs too. See Wanda and they're like, "Hey, come on back to the mansion." Wanda's like, "No, I really can't. You know, I'm not welcome yeah. there." They're first like, no, of all, no. first of all, they have to talk like they're 15 year old boys at the mall, and then they decide to take and, Wanda and back. Is so? Is the intelligentsia in this? Is that, is that no? Just ju- just Modoc. No, it's, no. it's just uh-huh. Modoc and, and his other he has other Modocs. But it's the recent MODOK with the new arms, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's, yeah, the spider-y looking MODOK. Okay, I'm up to speed. Continue. Well, there's nothing else. For, I mean, Chris did like it, and I'm not surprised. Uh, I liked it, and people shouldn't be surprised. David thought it was half-half. I mean, I look, it's a zero issue, so I don't, I mean, I thought it did what it accomplished. It, it focused on presumably the two key female leads of the big crossover, right? I mean, which are, you know, so. And, but, and why are the Avengers fighting the X-Men? What's well, that's interesting. Issue number one, not in this. It makes for a good event. <laughs> sure, but I would well, say I mean, again, there, there are a few under, things. It's... Under that premise, though, like again, as with any event, of course, the, the, any superhero battle has to be contrived in some way. Having read the first issue, I will say that they did an excellent job, in my opinion, excellent. of establishing some real gravitas, some real reason for tension, and right. it's perfectly rational in this world that they've been crafting. Um, what? But, uh, but I would like to start the eleven o'clock. Uh, host pool, and I think that we should all um, take a guess at what formerly popular B-list character will die um, during or Wonder Man at the end of this. Wonder Man. Will he, be he didn't say D. He, he said D. Oh! <laughs> I know. I know. I don't want to see Simon die anyway. But it, it, Vince, it's it's things that have been leading up to this have been going on for a little while now. I mean, you've had. You've had Cyclops not very forthcoming with information when when asked about things. Uh, you, you you have yeah, right. I mean, yeah, he's gonna get dick. So you have uh, you have the Phoenix Force coming, and you know. So 
leading up to this, Captain America's been asking, you know, Wolverine, what side is he going to be on? And and there's there's been little things that that have just been over the past couple is schism because of course you have Wolverine and Cyclops now thinking things differently, and and Wolverine is on two teams. It's just it's it I, unlike. I guess other people who, who think that, oh, it's just a big event and the Avengers are in a movie this summer. And, and I think it, it really does to me at any rate. It, it, it has kind of been progressing organically. It's, it, it feels like it's just a natural. It doesn't feel like it, house cleaning to you? It doesn't feel like house cleaning. No. It doesn't really feel I mean, okay. again, it, it all comes down to it, it's been one issue. So uh, yeah, that too. We, if we go back and listen to our, you know, our first feelings about the first issue of Secret Invasion or the first issue Civil of War. Crisis or the first yeah. issue of Civil War, yeah. you know, a lot of these start off with a bang, right? And then, and then we feel, we feel mm. like by the end they let us down. So I cannot tell you that I won't be summarily disappointed by the end of it. But I would say <laughs> sure. that the first issue I, I enjoyed, I thought it, I thought it was well executed, aside from the fact that for some reason Romita decided to draw hope in uh, a tank top and, and, and gym shorts instead of a uniform when everybody else is in costume. But Been working out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't quite get that, but whatever. It's <laughs> strange. It's a strange well, artistic choice, but I don't... Yeah. But no, it's, I thought the first issue was great. I don't want to get into the details because David hasn't read it yet. I know he's yeah, going I'll, to, but... I'll, I'll but uh, yeah, um, junior. Let him go. Ju- yeah, Junior's... Ju- you know, um, I would say much like Chris was saying with Frank Cho, this, you know, J.R. JR is... Is uh, you know, his average work is better than a lot of others. Sure. So it's certainly no slouch there at any. But but this was not his strongest work. I mean, so I, wait, were, Cho's not drawing it. It's Ramita no. Junior then. Cho did the uh, the zero issue. So Ramita Junior is doing the entire twelve issues. No, I don't think so. I don't know because I think I. I mean, I thought I saw some some Olivetti artwork here and there. I don't. I don't know how the art is being. Broken down. If they're if they're doing you know, if, if there's like one artist doing three issues each, I don't know. I know that um, that the some of the tie-ins like the uh, the AVX colon versus book, which actually just shows the the fights in more detail. Like instead of focusing on every blow that Iron Man and Magneto are throwing at each other in the main mini, you have this this tie-in versus book. Kind of like I guess Frontline, where you actually get to see the fights in more detail. So if you want to see these characters beat the crap out of each other, you would get the versus book. Yeah, and, I and, like and, that idea. And they and the well, and that, the this, that see now that's the to my mind the AVX versus is the obligatory buy this tie-in and get give us some more money thing. Like I I, I, I yes, highly doubt um, that's going to be in any way shape or form requisite reading. I mean that's basically the video right. game Marvel versus it's, Capcom. Let's see Spidey versus you know Colossus, and let's see Cap versus Gambit. You know, let's that, that's all that is. And and in and at least in the first issue, I don't know if they're going to be the same two artists throughout the tie-in mini, but the first issue at least has uh, has one of the Cubert boys doing the Iron Man and Namor story, and the and Stuart Eminent and uh, Wade Von Grubbadger doing the Fang versus Namor story. Hmm. So I mean, they, they, Marvel is putting their is more higher profile artists on on this book and and on the main tie-ins to to the event. So I just it it it'll look pretty for the most part. I, I don't I don't even know how the creative teams break out. I don't know if if is it jointly written by 
Bendis and Aaron like all throughout. No, 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 no. It's 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 Bendis, Fraction, Aaron, Brubaker, and Hickman. Already okay. different. Yeah, yeah. So, They're already okay. different segments. Yeah. Okay. So it's not and, like two where you're really not sure who's writing what. No, each each okay. issue will be written by a different guy. Gotcha. Um, uh, and Romita Marvel Challenge. Yeah, Romita Coipel <laughs> hey. and uh, Adam Coop Kubert are the three uh, pencilers in the book. All right. Okay. Wow. I um, it's. It's not comic related, but it sort of is. I um I've been catching up on my on my weekend cartoons. Oh boy! And uh, and and like DC Nation on the Cartoon Network on Saturday morning, the Marvel Universe is invading Disney XD on Sunday mornings, and they are the the new season of Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. Oh, I watched the first episode. It, it started and and it 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 was a great. That Doom start. is a pisser, isn't he? Oh my God! You think you'd have an ulterior motive or something? And and but but leading preceding the uh, the Avengers opener was uh, the new Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, where it is uh, it's pretty much based in the Ultimate Universe, where you have Nick Fury, uh, the Sam Jackson Nick Fury, and and uh, and the Ultimate versions of Captain America are shown. But what's really cool, and this is. This is and just like the DC Universe block where you have little things as they cut to commercials and, and in between Young Justice and, and Green Lantern or vice versa. You have um, you have like Marvel mashups where they kind of do voiceovers over the old Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends cartoon or the Incredible Hulk cartoon where Rick Jones had the blonde hair and the cowboy hat. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and and you also have uh, a section called or a segment called Marvel Masterclass where you have uh, Joe Casada drawing on his Cintiq and, and in this particular segment he was drawing the yeah, the Incredible Hulk and um and it was and, you know it's, it's pretty neat you see him you know break everything down and how he you know he he would draw a, a figure and and uh but the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon they showed the first two episodes first one was called Great Power the second episode was called Great Responsibility and um what I, I, I thought that the art was the art the animation was more young justice than than uh Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. It was it was uh it wasn't as as um I guess blocky or or um or hard as as the Avengers cartoon looks and it uh it's Peter Parker, the ultimate universe Peter Parker. He's got the youngerish Aunt May. He uh he goes to high school with uh with with Harry and with Mary Jane, but you had you had Spider-Man go against uh Trapster or Pace Pot Pete, you had him go up against Thunder. Love Pace Pot Pete. Uh, Wizard. Just Piss Pot Pete, just because it's <laughs> yeah, because it was dirty. Yeah. Uh, so you had him go up against the Frightful Four. You see Doctor Octopus off camera. Uh, Norman Osborn is hired. Doctor Octopus and the Frightful Four as uh, to, to get as much information as as they can on uh, on Spider Man. Fury shows up to basically enlist Spider Man because at this point. Peter Parker's been Spider-Man for a year, and instead of just being bogged down with the origin story that everybody and their mother knows, they um, you have certain times where where the action will stop and Spider-Man or Peter will turn to the camera and give you you know the gist of of how everybody's power breaks down and and uh, it's it's just it's it's neat the way they show everything and, and how everything breaks down and um, you know Peter's witty and, and has the the sarcastic streak and. Fury enlists him into Shield, and kind of wants him to be—I'll say—the leader 
of of a young team of heroes and and this this team consists of a female white tiger nova who's not richard Ryder for some reason uh a young iron fist and a young power man okay and so they and like young justice they're they're showing more than just spider-man's neck of the woods and and fury constantly mentions uh, Captain America and Iron Man and and you know that there are more superheroes out there and even more villains out there than just what happens in, in Queens or, or in New York City and and I, I like that because we're already seeing a, a larger universe and, and so we don't know and there's some and, and Spider-Man tells Fury that you know I want to you know there are times where I don't want to be you know, around the team, I just I need to go and do my thing on my own and whatnot. So I'm sure there will be episodes that'll just be Spider-Man episodes, and then there'll be episodes where you know he'll team up with 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 the other four heroes. And it was um it was it wasn't like any Spidey cartoon I've seen. It definitely wasn't like Spectacular Spider-Man, which I absolutely adored. Uh, it's not like Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. It's it's thank God. Yeah. It, it, well, hey. There's something stuff on my childhood. I, 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 I know you love it, but oh, I, I'm nostalgic for it. Right, that, that's it. So it's so. I mean, I I do I, I like it. I know there have been some. I like the I like the Spider-Man cartoon of the '90s more than the the '80s. Yeah, and I didn't see too many of that. So I mean, that, that that's not one that I really you know compare it to. But I I really enjoyed it. I know there's some people on the forum that that weren't high on it probably because they do miss spectacular Spider-Man or they want it to be something it, it isn't. It's it's I think the first. Spider-Man cartoon that that kind of just uses the material from the Ultimate Universe, but if I'm wrong, I'll I'll know. But it's um I I recommend that cartoon. I definitely recommend the Avengers. Still, um, picking up where 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 we left off with that last season cliffhanger, uh, with that Captain America reveal, and um, th- this episode is about uh. Thing and Johnny showing up to play poker with uh, Hulk and Black Panther and Hawkeye and Captain America, while uh, the Wasp and Iron Man visit uh, the Baxter Building and and visit Reed and Sue, and like Chris mentioned, Doctor Doom. Um, He's a pisser. He is to, a pisser to wreak havoc on everybody. So I would, I you, you, you got to watch that because that that that's one of those that they're going somewhere with the story. So I'm not going to go into detail with that because it's it's something you need to see and then chris yost wrote that episode by the way that i like him and he I is do, really good yeah and on this show yeah absolutely because he um even the uh the, the marvel comic that was based on the the, the four issue mini that was based on the cartoon i really enjoyed so i mean i i like this avengers i i like this group I, and it's uh i just think I, I really like Black Panther. I love the Hulk in this cartoon. It's just it it's good stuff. It's it's not it, I, I still haven't seen some of the Marvel I, I haven't seen Captain America the movie. I haven't seen the movie Really? I, Thor, yes. Oh you need to watch that. I know. So I mean there's still so I mean, you know, for me to get my non comic characters in, in other settings, I'm I'm enjoying the Avengers. And then on Saturday I, I watched um Young Justice, which was a fantastic episode. And Green Lantern, which Green Lantern, they're, they're not, they're not shy about showing characters after they've been killed. I mean, you, you see people in in uh, 
in states of, of rest after after they've been poisoned or something and, and you know people thought that, that Kilowog was poisoned and, and it's just they're not it's 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 not um I guess even Thundercats is kinda like that. Like like Jason was saying on the forums where where the uh the jackal and and uh and the monkey man decided to um take out their captors. I mean, we didn't yeah, see all, it. these are all grown up uh, cartoons. Yeah, seriously. But I mean, I, Green Lantern is 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 still good stuff. I mean, following what what we saw from last Thanksgiving on, um, you're just loving the cartoons. I, I am, dude, and and I think Young I think Young Justice was actually written. Vince, you you won't believe this because of, of of how his other episode was. This one was written by Peter David. It was really really good. Oh, good yeah, for him. Yeah. Well, Peter David's an true. excellent writer. He must yeah, have just yes. I mean, he must, it must have written that last one. You know. On the pot or something. Or something. Was no, just maybe his daughter had a game he had to get to. He had to rush. Or he had to find her. <laughs> I've definitely, definitely uh, recommend those cartoons. Hey guys, Southside Eric from the forums. Uh, I don't get on there much, but uh, I've been enjoying the show for damn near two years. And I gotta tell you, it it, it gets me through the week, it makes me laugh my ass off. And, you know, Every one of you is funny in different ways. Uh, I always wake up earlier on Thursday morning just to download it so I can get it for my, you know, my commute. This is about it, guys. Keep up the great work, and uh, I'll see you all at seats too. Unless you, you know, Vince will actually, you know, crawl this hole and make it out there once in a while or something. Anyway, I'll bring you whiskey later. Nice. Well, we have another thing that's on the docket from yes. last episode. Oh, um, true. Briefly, because uh, uh, we talked about it in semi-detail last time. Um, Dames in the Atomic Age? Yes. It is by written by Christopher Ryder, art by Mark Sandroni, and there's a host of very talented people involved in this thing. Inks by Mike Vosberg, colors by Paul Little. You have work in here by Andy Suriano, Tony Fleeks, uh, Tone Rodriguez, Mark Dos Santos, Steve Downer, Brad Ratter, Rachel Ekadel. Is that how you say it? Ikadal. 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 Paul Little and Chris Moreno, who we know too, right? Yeah. Um, hey, I miss Chris Moreno. Where has he been? In this book, Dames in the Atomic Age. <laughs> there he goes. Um, but, uh, I have many just, of Chris Moreno uh, sketch. Cool. Very quickly, Andrew Fish uh, had a love of boxing instilled in him by his father and uncle, who would take him to uh, boxing matches every, was it Thursday night? Thursday night. It's Thursday night. Uh, yes. Flash forward, Andrew becomes a private detective. Yes. And is hired by a hoity-toity government scientist to find out if his wife Madeline is having an affair. Well, turns out she was with Winston Johnson, uh, known as the Eclipse in the Ring. He's a boxer, and he's also Andrew Fish's best friend, mm. uh, which which puts a wrinkle in things. Um they are, uh, one night, Madeline is, uh, accosted by a trio of cookie cutter, gigantic Russian speaking thugs. Uh, strangely enough, brandishing these oh, art decos. looking alike. Uh, right. Uh, brandishing, uh, art deco style sci fi zap guns. So you figure, what? This is, these guys have ray guns? What's going on here? Uh, the plot involves gigantic ants. Um, aliens and other things, uh, and, and, uh, what we talked about last week were the, uh, race, racially charged 
elements to the story because Winston is black. Yes. And this story was written in a period, I'm guessing, uh, 40s or around that period, 40, 45, around there, right? I would, yeah, I would, I would definitely say late 40s, maybe early 50s. Um, and uh, people are not hesitant to throw around racial slurs. Right. Uh, the, the people in um, the detective agency, you know, they use the word spade and other things, and it, it, it starts a fight, and rightfully so. I mean, but I'm not defending the authors, but in this period, people did throw words around like that. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't. Um, th- there are no. Noth- there's nothing thrown by the cr- at the uh, character of Winston by the creative team. Uh, there's there's no judgments made. I mean, he is a man. He's not a black man. He's a man, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think um, parts of this may go a tad bit too far. The the comic strips. Uh, the the Dodger uh, Dugan Junior Dick that we, right. we talked about a little bit next week last week. Last. The, one of the characters is drawn in 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 blackface style, uh, which again is 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 a, a cultural footnote. They did stuff like that then, yes. But it's 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 a little a little bit hard to um. It's tough. It's a little tough <laughs> to, to see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. But it's there, and it, and it did exist, and we got to deal with it. But the thing I like most about this book uh, is the little subtle things that are written into the characterizations. Like, there, there's a bunch of times during the story, Andrew uh, professes his love for the haymaker. Yes. Which, in the ring, is, is, a, is a risky attack, right? It, it leaves the fighter vulnerable. But if you look at, at, at Andrew as a character, in his case... He has a propensity to tell the truth, regardless of of the circumstance. That's his haymaker. It, it's it's a his little practice, which results in him dropping his own guard. Right, his honesty leans, leaves him vulnerable. That's a really smart bit of writing, and it, it, it's almost like an offhand thing, but it matters, right? In the grand scheme of things, the the, the guy is he's even like chided by people, like, "Oh, you're so bound by the truth, you, you know. We we know you're you're telling the truth, and that that's his weakness. That's his haymaker. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool writing. I like that a lot. But uh, I enjoyed it. I I thought in in the spirit of the 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 nineteen uh, fifties sci fi uh, serials and movies. Uh, from which it was inspired. I think it was a really good way to to waste an hour, hour and a half. I I enjoyed it. It, it it's not a a um. What's the word I'm looking for? It it's not a weighty tale. It it plays out like a sci-fi um yeah movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it the plot's really not all that involved. They they uncover the the scheme. They deal with the scheme, and, <laughs> and that's and, that's and, it. Yeah, you know? and like and like those fifties. B sci-fi movies, you you know you, you rule, you're rolling along, and then you get hit with the whole big reveal, and it's kind of just like the way I'm reading it, and I, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but as I'm reading it, it it's just it's like oh yeah, and aliens and cloned, and it's like and we're just gonna wrap up, the, we're not gonna explain the science involved, we're not gonna talk about how this came to be, it's just like. You uncovered this. This is what it is. 
and yeah. then there's the, then there's the climax at the end and and, and and it's just like so it's like and and just like if i if i watch turner classic movies in the afternoon and, and it's showing some crazy old sci-fi movie it's it plays out exactly like that there's this whole big story where you get involved with the characters and you want to see how things go then the wacky science shows up never explained just this is what it is and then the good guy said it hey, and then that's it yeah so it's just it really does play out like that type of story you know and, well, and if he, Captain Kirk can kill a Gorn with a big old bamboo tube <laughs> and, and some powder, you know, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed. I thought the art was fitting for the story. It was. Oh yeah, um, I don't and di- know. diverse too. I like the pseudo, the full comic book pages. They're really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. When they, right, it was like all of a sudden James, I was reading yeah. an old uh, Miracle Man, but it was yeah. um and the and, and the, the Planet Bazaar cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was um. You know, I know that uh, some of the things going back to, to what we were discussing in the PMs. I don't know. I like the color. I don't know if it may have. It definitely would have felt different if it was black and white. If it didn't, or gray tones. If, if it was just oh, it. black and white, would have been really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know about straight up black and white. I don't know if it. It'll make the ants red. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. I, so I mean, it, but it, it was as far as just the story of tale. I mean, to to go to artifiction dot com and and you know and and you can order this. It was. I thought it was like, like you said, you know, just it was fun. Yeah, kick, yeah, kicking back to read something that that you just it, it's not going to be like anything else you're reading at the moment, and and it's just in and out. You can read it, and and the epilogue. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. One of those, yeah. the end with the question marks. The, it was it, it it was nice. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of that detective, you know the that that pulp, you know the detective pulp era kind of thing, you know the noir. That that this is right up. This is clearly clearly this is a, a genre that that uh, he cares deeply about. You know, yes, and, uh, and comics. Very, too. There's a love of comics in this here. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's very. I mean, it's a very honorable. Um, it's a very Never. honorable member of that of that you know subgenre of comics. I think. I will say, and I said it last week. I'm gonna say it again. Tony nailed these little strips. Nailed them. They're, he did. He did. They're I mean, gorgeous. Subject matter aside. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. the, the Tony's the, no the, joke. I, the I man, love manipulative Tony. chick at the end, smoking. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I know she's a kid. I know yeah. she's a kid, but, but very attractive. No, it was it was yeah. I mean, as a brunette, but it was, and and the cover. I I really like the cover. And I'm looking at the cover, and you know, I'm I'm reading along, and I'm up to like page thirty or something. We see the mad scientist, and I'm like, I'm still going back to the cover, and I'm like. What's missing? What didn't we see it? And then, and of course, they drive the car into the ant. And I'm, so everything in the book yeah. is on this cover. You got the woman, you got the ant, you got the the look like uh, Russian dudes, and it's just it without spoiling it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it really is. It's a nice little package, and it, I mean, it's on it's on sturdy paper. It's it's it, real sturdy paper. Uh, yeah, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Very thick. Yeah. It's 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 a hell of a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, and I, I thank them for uh, cluing us into it. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And here's something I want to clue you into. I got a little tip of the uh, hat from Slurmo, who wants to remind oh, every, Slurmo. everybody that uh, those going to C2E2 very soon. It's coming up, right? The yes. second, eleven o'clock. Yeah, a week from today. Speaking of that, happy birthday to, to Lance Fensterman, who's uh, celebrating yeah. his birthday today. That's oh. right. The Yay. second, eleven o'clock anthology comics boogaloo will be on sale at the Kingbone oh, cool. Press booth six ninety two. Awesome. 
along with Banthology and B1 number six. Uh, he says, Westhoff and I will be sharing the booth with Matt Gross of Cats fame. Cats. And we'll be, uh, and he'll be hawking cats and mystery solved. So remember that booth 692. If you want a copy of the 11 o'clock comics anthology volume two, elect, uh, comics boogaloo. I was going to say electric boogaloo. Damn. I hope, I, I, I hope that's not near our booth. Wait, who's got the floor layout? I don't know. I don't know about such things. So remember that. Get it at Boots 692. Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> Respect. All right. Let's, let me see. Let me check the old clock on the wall. we got plenty of time, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, about, oh, check three, about three minutes. Hilarious. No, check we got lots ready. of time. All right, ready? Go yeah. for it. In the, in the never-ending quest to disprove the notion that the 90s was all about bad comics, <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to the 90s. Nice. But I'm gonna bring you back to creator-owned comics in the '90s. Even better. I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm I'm gonna do it to you this way. First, I'm gonna tell you who the editors of the series were, okay. and we'll see if you can go from there. Ready? Yes. Barbara Kessel. Mm-hmm. Bob Shrek. And Nina Bennett, who, by the way, it's awesome to see in here because uh, of boilerplate fame. Uh huh. Anything? Do you know where they worked? What? Where were those three of all Dark the editors? Horse. <sighs> Dark Horse. Correct. Dark Horse. So, of course, the publisher was Mike Richardson. The colorists were oh. Laura Allred and Matt Hollingsworth. Oh, um, you read. Shit, 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 shit. Come on. I, what do you think it is? I know. I know this. Laura Allred colored at Dark Horse. I don't know. Monkey Man and O'Brien, bitches. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, boy. So, I did the intro last week as Axwell Tiberius because I'd read it last week. And, or two weeks ago and had forgotten to talk about it last week, which I should have because I couldn't remember having anything good to talk about. But, uh, but dude, um, in the uh, last uh, T-Fall, um, you know, huge mm-hmm. sale, mm-hmm. I bought the collected edition of Monkey Man and O'Brien. Nice. Which was old school. I mean, I think it was printed in, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it was printed like 99. I mean, it was like, this is back when trades weren't real real popular. Yeah, June 97. So, there you go. So, back when trade paperbacks were not very common, this was a trade which collected the the special, Monkey Man and O'Brien special, and then the first three issues of the Dark Horse series. Um, And, uh, you know, we've referenced this book over the years, um, Art Adams is among the true living greats. Uh, his work is unbelievably beautiful and comparable. Um, this was his foray into creator-owned comics uh, and is really very much a love letter to classic science fiction and superhero tropes. You know, um, uh, Anne O'Brien is a – I guess you could call her an heiress. I guess that's fair, right? Yeah, she's yeah. the heiress of a, of a famous Reed Richards-esque inventor who disappears she takes over the business, uh, runs it successfully, um, and comes into contact with a other dimensional uh, simian, supersized, super smart simian, who is the uh, aforementioned Axel Tiberius, which is known as Monkey Man, and um, and it's really just it's their adventures together, um, and the they face such such pondering foes as the Shroominoid. Which is a uh, certainly a, a, a um, lends lends homage to the uh, to the mole man and uh, the original FF run. Um, then you have the invasion of the Frogladites, which uh, again are, are, are frog esque uh, alien creatures. 
which I just love that name, the Froglodytes. And then you have the Quash, who is a... Um, he's People that are familiar with comics of that area would recognize him as somewhat of a, a strife or an apocalypse or a... You know, he's the big, bad, sort of omnipotent warlord coming to take over the Earth type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, certainly it's difficult to... to talk about this book and not talk about the art because um you know one of the things about, Adams. yeah and, and, <laughs> and 90s, 90s art even the stuff that you like can look very dated if you look at it now um and while certainly like some of the hairstyles and the clothing choices <laughs> are evocative of that time you know, you know had- going going back and looking at the um the mcfarlane amazing spider-man stuff that i thought was just unbelievable at the time i'm like yeah that looks really dated now so I know exactly what well, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, and I would say that that, that, that like there's certain parts like the, especially the hairstyles that look that look make it make it clear that it was drawn and written at a different time. But the art man, I mean, you could this book could come out today and you wouldn't Yeah. Because Art Adams is such a classic has such a classic line, you wouldn't think twice about it. I mean, again, other yeah. than like the pages where, you know, uh Anne O'Brien's sister has a huge mega perm, you know, that's all teased out. But but you know, absent the the bouffants and stuff, I mean, this stuff is just uh it's just classic, beautiful work. Uh, and the colors certainly hold up. Um but you know the the it's it's just this is like lo fi, like like science fiction adventure, you know. Um they're great together. They have a friendship. You know, there's there's nothing romantic about it. They're just good friends. They're both very very smart. This isn't a case of of like the smart guy and the strong guy, or like the the smart guy and the dumb. You know, they're both very smart. They're both very strong. You know, and the, the same rays that are the, the the same beam that brings Monkey Man into our universe also imbues Anne O'Brien with uh, size and strength. So she becomes you know. Amazonian, you know, ginormous, um, and they're just great together. They have a great, almost like a moonlighting, you know, esque, you know, Peter yeah, Patterson, Dave, Dave and Maddie. Yeah, yeah, but but not without, but without the sexual tension, you know. It's, right. it's, it's, it's just, they're good friends. They they really they grow to really love and care for each other. And there's just a lot of good back and forth. They don't take each other too seriously. And the thing that I adored about rereading this is this: it's fun, like. Yes. Art Adams just celebrates the fun. It's fun comics. There's, they are fighting for their lives. They're fighting to save the earth. Yes, but it's just fun. They don't. At no point do they take themselves too seriously. You know, there's 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 constant, almost like a wink to it being. You know, the the it's it's they love what they do. They love that they're smart and super powered and they're fighting these creatures. It's 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 just a celebration of of all things that I think made us love these kind of comics when we were kids, you know? Um, And I just can't recommend it highly enough. I I honestly don't know how hard it is to get this stuff in issues. I presume not that hard. I, um, no, a few years ago during one of the, um, uh, podcast potpourri type shows, it Mm -hmm. was, uh, a couple of guys from CGS did a segment. Bruce okay. from Comics Cast did a segment. Derek did something, and then a lot of us did something. And I, I recorded a segment. I think the whole thing was about apes, and I, I, I my segment was on Monkey Man and O'Brien, and and I didn't have the issues at the time. Okay. I think I ordered them all from my comic shop, and and I mean, and they weren't they weren't crazy expensive. I, I got okay. the uh, from the backup from um, from I think it was Hellboy. And and or next men and uh, I got that issue. Yeah, I think it was next men. The, the backup from that issue and the miniseries. I don't know if I have the special or not, but basically anything that was Monkey and O'Brien, I ordered. And and it wasn't. I don't know if it was cheaper than 
what you what you got from from Tifa, but it was it wasn't it wasn't outrageously priced, and it was it was very affordable. I mean, they, they were better than reader copies. I mean, they were in they were in the 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 near mint stage, but no, it, it's not difficult to find these books. And well, I don't want to say you can really go back issue diving for them, but it's sure, you can find them online. At- I got them in a bin. I don't remember where I was. But okay. I okay. I was going yeah, to say, it actually is, pro- my guess is it's actually probably easier to track down the issues than it would be to get this collected edition. Yes. Because, you know, again, this is a 15 year old trade paperback that I haven't seen this stuff reprinted anytime recently. So, um, this is again one of those things where, you know, I just think there were some issues, some, some of these laying around the T fall and I, and they, you know, they were blowing them out of the back, the back stock, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is just great stuff. If there's one thing that, and I, I adored every page of rereading this. The only thing I would say, um, the one bit of melancholy is that it reminded me of how much I miss it, and that I wish that he had done more of it. And I know he's done a few things, like we talked about. I know with the, um, either a year ago or two years ago, he had a little featurette in one of the um, the CLBDF Liberty yeah. Comic things and stuff. But but I mean, we haven't had ongoing or, or you know or meaty issue sized. Monkey Man and O'Brien now in a long time, I mean, I guess a decade plus, and uh, and I would love to see it come back. Um, you know, probably the economics probably were never there to make it happen, but but uh, you know, we we never really did get like a, a resolution, if you will. I mean, he he was treating this as if it was just a set of ongoing stories, and each one is self-contained and satisfying into itself. So it's not like you're left hanging. But you know, reading this trade, it made me want for for more. You know, it makes me realize that there really wasn't all that much. I mean, I think it's. In terms of issues, it's roughly ten issues of content, if I recall, between all of the stuff he ever did. Oh with this. wow! I didn't think there was that much. Yeah, and I don't even. And that's what I'm saying. I don't even know if all those would be full issues. It's just so you know, they're not. We're not talking about a lot of content for for what I thought was great stuff. You know, and and Art Adams again is such a incomparable artist that he could make anything he did worth reading. But this was fun stuff. I mean, this is a case where. Um, you know, he he was doing a comic at a time when I think it was much more favorable for 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 independent and creator-owned comics to be done. And this was on the Legend imprint originally, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I saw um, this. I miss Legend. Yeah, and 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 I don't know what happened. I mean, I'm guessing it didn't sell that well, or maybe he had trouble getting it out on a timely basis. But uh, it was right around the time when the, when the crash was happening. It was I think these last few issues were coming out in the late '90s, like '99-ish or so. So, um, you know, maybe it's just. Maybe just you know he had to move on to other things. I don't know. Um, I would love to know. Maybe he's talked about it in, somewhere before. But uh, but you know to, to people that that like the you know if you like Tom Strong, if you like classic FF, um, any of that kind of that kind of ilk. I mean, this is totally right up your alley. Uh, and and if you if you're not a communist and you like good artwork, I mean, you should be reading. Uh, so, Jason, Jason, you have a feature features book. Yeah, 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 because we did talk about a lot of mutants and and I mm-hmm. I have I am now I know Chris isn't but as of as of Monday night I'm caught up up to issue twenty three of Uncanny X Force. Wow, you're ahead of me now. Oh, all right. Um, I'm 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 two issues behind you. Okay, I so, so, but you started the other world arc, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you have the Takini artwork, and it's it's I. I think the art is fitting for the story because of, of where they are. Sure. Um, 
just it's it's one of those things where um and i mean i I've just been keeping notes since even before the the Dark Angel saga, and I mean even even Tan's art I did not find. I don't want to say offensive. It, it, uh, it that, that's a little harsh. I, I don't. I thought that Tan's art was better in Uncanny X Force than it was in those Secret Invasion Avengers issues, and and um, and the earlier Uncanny X Men work. It was just it it really I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it here. I mean, it wasn't Opania, and it wasn't the Mark Brooks that that followed his issues, but um, but I didn't I didn't mind it as as I'm reading the issues, and um, I mean the stories. I don't. It that's, I guess that 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 is one um, negative when you have double shipping or point one issues where you have a story where you know Magneto just goes to Wolverine and says, you know, listen. And you take this dude out for me because I can't. And I don't. I don't. It's just. It's one of those stories where it, it'd be more fitting, I guess, in a Wolverine uh, backup or 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 special issue. And because um, the team wasn't involved at all. And and I think Wolverine is in enough books where if I'm reading Uncanny <laughs> X Force, I'd like to see Uncanny X Force in action. But um, you know that aside, and then we get the whole Dark Angel side, and and it, it's I'm I'm absolutely loving what Remender's doing because we start off with this with this we gotta kill apocalypse story in the first arc and then you know okay so we took care of that and then we find out that you know well Phantom X really isn't the cold hearted bastard that we thought he was at the end of that fifth issue and then we have okay well now we're gonna go to the age of apocalypse world and, and they're taking care of business there and then that all ties into where Warren has to take over because something's missing in this universe. And then, and then we cut to, or then then now we're in the other world and someone has to pay for their crimes. And all of this, here we are. Well, I can't say two years later because of double shipping, like I said, but here we are 23 issues later going on. Yeah. The 23rd. Yeah. And it all ties back all of this ties back to that one instance from that first arc. It's not like he's just, it's not like Remender's just been telling story arcs because, oh, this will be exciting. And we'll go, we'll go visit the world of Captain Britain's and, and we'll go to the age of apocalypse. It all goes back to that, that, that one particular instance from just ages ago. And, and I, I, I really like being rewarded for, for either sticking with something or just, having somewhat of a payoff and I don't know where where it's gonna go after this arc. I, I you know I guess now we have AVX so I'm not sure if Uncanny X Force is gonna be by itself on its own still doing its thing. There have been a couple things here and there like like I said with um with Hank McCoy being somewhat of a hypocrite because he gets all bent out of shape and pissed off at Scott and says, okay, well, I'm going to my other friends and joins the Avengers. But yet when he finds out that Wolverine's doing the same thing that Scott was doing, it's like, all right, well we got classes in the morning, so let's go bring the students upstairs. And it's, I wasn't real cool with that, but considering everything else that was going on, it, 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 I guess was easy for me to overlook. But, um, I just, you know, aside from that, I just, I would also like, and, and this is, because why should Chris be the only one who nitpicks? I, I think if, <laughs> if what? I, if, if I, I, I want, I would just beg that 
the editors. I don't care how cool it looks. I don't care that it just it, it I would love to see some consistency in in and particularly with Wolverine because you can't have Jerome Pena and then Mark Brooks draw Wolverine's that's going to laugh draw his claws doing one thing coming out of one area and then have the other artist Dude. Draw it the way it's supposed to be, dude. <laughs> dude, dude. There are there there are guides. There, there are guides on top of the gloves for a reason. And and it's just it's not if if listen, dude. If I didn't know seriously, if I didn't, if there weren't oh hot moves, if if there weren't breakdowns of his skeleton explaining how things work, I wouldn't. I'd be like, all right, so that's just another artistic interpretation. But there are in all artistic obviously. But but I mean in air quotes there's a science behind all this and and it's just and and the same thing and I, again as cool as it looks with Mark Brooks you Wolverine cannot obviously it happened because it was drawn that way but his claws cannot unsheath with his with his palms open with his hands open the claws only come out when he makes a fist or yeah uh, you're nitpicking. I am. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm spending the money. I'm going to fucking nitpick. Sure. Well, pig if people can forgive people, for other un- characters, for killing their best friends, then their claws can unsheath however they damn well please. Well, look, we all have guilt. We all, I mean, while I think what David's saying is silly, I, 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 I was just complaining a half hour ago about the fact that they didn't have hope in costume. So I, we're all, we all have our little dalliances that bother yeah, us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have one related to Monkey Man and O'Brien. <laughs> Go ahead. You do. It's the one art-related issue I have with Mr. Adams. I, I do not like Anne's nose. Wow. It, it's, way, it's way too extended. It's too flat against her face. Her facial features look like they were um, designed by Barry Windsor Smith. Not a bad thing. <laughs> Okay. But but I you know what I mean? It's just it's it's off putting in an art. Well, Adam's here's book. something, and and I could be totally but off base here. Claws coming out of it, right? Maybe. But I was wondering somewhere. if if and and I don't know. I kind of thought reading this that uh, that he used Anina Anina Bennett as his as his model for this. Really? I guess I could kind of see that after yeah after talking with her at at, at New York last year. I mean, I, she's she's you know you. fit. A fit, you know, redheaded. You know what I mean? Like she, I, I could see that. Like, I could be totally wrong. I'm just saying. But like when I was reading this and I had seen her name, I thought, huh? Like, I wonder if that was. But it probably has nothing. It's probably total coincidental. But so yeah, I'm sure I'll have somebody chiming in saying, "Well, that's actually not true." Was so. If there's a reason that <laughs> they talk like that, we don't, we don't know anybody like that. <laughs> they talk but, like but Dave no. Chappelle when they get into. Yeah, or maybe they'll tweet to us something. I don't know, but uh, but you know, um, but if if it came into my mind, put it that way. There you go. And uh, paying for this, well, not sponsoring this thing that comes into our mind is Discount Comic Book Service. Yeah, yeah. DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge discounts. Huge, massive, galacticized discounts. I'm talking 35 to 75% off. Wrap them up nice and secure. Rich-sized. Yeah, put them in a box and ship them right to your home. You don't even have to leave. It's awesome. DCBService.com. More updates next week when the list finally goes up in your freaking travels. Well, you know why the list is, is late coming up? Why that? Because Christina and Cameron and their family are on a much, much deserved vacation. Good for them. Oh, good for them. What the hell is that shit? 
Man, so what? Uh, get the going on vacation and shit. What? Get these to talking. a place that sells books. Uh, Amazon, in stock trades. I don't care. Get yourself there. Get a discount and buy Hunter, the classic Warren Publishing Heroes Complete Adventures from Erie Magazines by Dark Horse. Oh, real, it's hardcover. It's only twenty dollars, and twenty dollars. It is fantastic. In a nutshell. Hunter was conceived when his mother was raped by a demon or a number of demons. See, humanity uh, blew the shit out of each other and gigantic clouds of radiation have mutated everything. Everything's different. I hate and, it when that happens. I know. And these demons, not really demons in the traditional sense, more like scientifically spawned demons. They do have some kind of psychic powers when they link. Uh, and Hunter was, was fathered by a demon. So he's a half-breed shunned by both humans and demons, and he devotes his life to bringing the demon that got his mother in a bad way to justice. So that's, in a nutshell, that's the story of Hunter. Paul Neary slays it on art. He just magnificent. Uh, some of the best art I've ever seen. Wow. Of, uh, wow. It's, just, it's just fantastic. Um, hey, now. Some of the names in this book, you got Paul Neary, Ken Kelly does a lot of covers as as well as San Julian, uh, Alex Nino does the Hunter. Oh, cool. This, Ooh, this, this can, yeah, this contains Hunter One and Hunter Two. They did a sequel after a while because the character was so popular that they mm -hmm. decided to to continue it. Um, it's the majority of it is written by Bud Lewis, but there's some Bill Dubay in here. The Hunter One actually crosses over with another Warren uh, publishing character, not the big green guy, but his name is Shrek. It's it's the one-handed monster killer. Uh, he appears in Shrek in Hunter One. Bob. In Hunter Two, <laughs> his name is Shrek. In in Hunter Two, it crosses over with Jim Starlin's Darklon, uh. Darklon the Mystic. Dude. It, yes, it's awesome. It just, <laughs> you you got to get this book. It's fantastic. And now I can read all these stories that were so very important to me as a kid in one book. I don't have to That's dig awesome. out my original issues. I don't have to go through assorted copies of the Erie Archives. One freaking book. Thank you, the, Mike Richardson. The, the first time I found Dark London Mystic, I was walking down McLean Avenue in Yonkers, went into one of the stationery stores, and there was a Pacific Comics Dark London Mystic. I have that shoe, and yeah. it was oh my god! I and I was the boobies, and I was just it was. I took that home. I couldn't believe I found it at this place of all places, but that was one of my prized possessions for a while. Nice. There's there's one panel in here that has burned itself. Well, there's a lot of panels, but one in particular has burned itself into my brain over the years and years and years and years since this stuff came out. It's 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 a an illustration of just Hunter swinging from vines, Tarzan like. Uh, amidst the, the, the foliage, the trees. And I'm not going to describe it because I can't do justice to it. Go and get this book. Paul Neary, monster. He's That's a awesome. monster. Love Paul Neary. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Uh, I've got a, a, a couple real quick ones here. Uh, <gasps> and one of them is in the way of a, of a shout-out. Uh, we um, uh, got the Eisner nominations today. Yes. So, yeah. um, so... <laughs> 
this is a this is twofold. Uh, if you're not reading Daredevil, well, the Eisner Committee thinks that you're dumb because it got lots of nominations and it is awesome. So read Daredevil. Well, and I think the Eisner Committee's dumb. So well, I know because because Jaime wasn't nominated. Travesty. Yeah, it was big oversight. Uh, the uh, the other one that kind of has to deal with uh, with Daredevil and its writer. Uh, Mark Wade and another uh, Eisner nominated creator Chris Somney uh, who was nominated for was Captain Bucky was probably what he was nominated for I would imagine I so. uh, they're going to be working on uh, the Rocketeer so keep your eye out for that he's good uh, uh, he is so good and, uh, and Vince I saw uh, uh, Top Shelf announced that in the April solicits, so all you DCBS customers out there, uh, keep your eyes open for this, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Century uh, 2009. Yes, it's in this been, previews. It's in this preview. So mm-hmm. have you, did we ever talk about 1969? <laughs> oh, man, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we finally got you, to it. It took you four months to... To actually read it, and so I, talk I about. do but, not uh, read Alan Moore quickly. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, so nineteen uh, or uh, two thousand nine is solicited. So read some Daredevil. Look forward to Rocketeer, and know that I'm going to be um, getting all gooey about Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen here real soon. Going to be bittersweet, dude. Damn, because that's it. That's it. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it Vince style. You gotta. Yeah, I'm going to go real slow with the it. The cover is fantastic. It's in the previews, oh, which you don't get. Awesome. Oh, yeah, you well, saw it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, since Chris already mentioned it, it, it was it is my new travels for this week because I read issue 10 last night. It is Daredevil. Uh, I do damn cover. I, oh. I do agree. Yeah, that cover number 10 is pretty hot. The... Uh, I do agree with the Eisners in that regard. Um, there are there are little things in this in, in issue nine and ten um, where Daredevil fights the Mole Man, um, and and literally, I mean, goes blow to blow. And 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 Matt explains how he really has to stop break the habit of underestimating uh, the uh, the disabled or the handicapped because, uh, you know, Mole Man is over here flipping around and jumping onto, onto Daredevil's staff and, and smacking him back. And it's, it was it plays out really nicely that we, we, we find out why um, the caskets are missing from the cemetery that uh, that battle in Jack Murdoch is buried in um, is because Mole Man's been stealing them. Uh, because there's one casket in particular he wants to um, find the insides to. I did not. I I don't know if this is Mark Wade. I don't know if this was the first time this was revealed, but I now know Mole Man's real name or his alter ego, and it in issue nine as 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 Matt's going through the uh, this this underground river. There are a lot of uh, like. Ditko and, and Kirby-esque monsters, gargoyles type things along the uh, the cave walls. Love that panel. But in issue 10, we get a little bit of a flashback to Mole Man's uh, early days before he went underground. And his name is revealed to be Dr. Harvey Elder. I don't remember that. So if that's a Mark White thing, 
kudos, but uh, it was it's Rivera is, is of course a, a fantastic artist. It's just it really is. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel with the next issue. I do have. I'm sorry. No, ten point one is the issue that that came out. I think this week. Um, haven't read that yet, but next the next issue is um, is part of the Omega Effect, which crosses over with uh the punisher and the amazing spider-man so i'm not so so Stephen wacker's corner of the marvel you are now all cross over crossing over with one another i'm not sure how that's going to play out but um we also find out in daredevil that black hat isn't really a bitch so i definitely so recommend so she is hot. she is and and true to form matt of course had some fun with with that one but there's um there's hey, the, if you can get it, what are you gonna do? Pass it up? No way. I know, hey, you know. Oh, yeah, get in where you fit as, in, you know. As as usual, take a Spider Man sloppy second. So read. Oh, oh snap! God. Right. He always gets those little digs in there, doesn't he? He does. He does. That's his thing. That's what he do. Well, in your travels, I too wanted to commend uh, the Eisner nominations to people's attention. And um, first of all, big shout out to. Uh, Friends owe the show, uh, Mike Norton and the aforementioned Chris Somney and yeah. Jeff Lemire, who all are deserving nominees this year. But for me, the the most, I mean, the the, the nomination that put the, the biggest smile one. on my face um, <laughs> was the not one but two nominations for Princeless, which yes. is a comic written by uh, written and drawn by Jeremy Whitley and M. Goodwin. And the reason it 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 warms my heart is that this is a comic that was published by uh, our uh, good friend uh, Sean Pryor and David yeah. Launch and Action Lab, uh, which you know, for those that don't know, Action Lab is 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 basically these guys starting up a new creator-owned line from the ground up, and and uh, you know, and 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 like like many or most small press publishers, you know, it's been a it's been a struggle. You know, they they the first few years is it's been a fight just to get into previews and to get comic stores to order their stuff on spec. And you know, it's and, and again, it typifies I think the state of the industry. And uh, for 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 these guys to have a, a book like this get 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 multiple Eisner nominations is just awesome. just it just warms my heart. It really does because yeah. I know how hard these guys have all worked on the book and and just Action Lab in general. So you know, it's sometimes a cliche to to, to when you hear people say things like, "Oh, I'm just happy to be nominated." But I think in this case, um, you know, I honestly think that the fact that they got multiple nominations, hopefully, um, in and of itself, really helps propel them to, uh, you know, to at least a, you know, a sustainable place at the table because uh, they certainly, certainly deserve it. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. Here, here. And, uh, um, here, here. and then just in your travels, um, if you want to read something, um, we're coming to the end of a series that um, I've talked about a few times, written by my uh, my cousin Brian Wood, um, which is uh, DMZ. Um, the I just read the eleventh of twelve trades. The twelfth one will be coming out, I think, in three months' time, which will finish up the series. Um, and you know, anytime you get a creator-owned book to go seventy-two issues in today's market um, is a testament. And I will say uh-huh. that um, when he started this book, it seemed a little, you know, out there. It seemed much more fictional than it seems now. Um, and and I think it's it's whether he was prescient or whether it's just one of those weird kind of you know kismet things where he he had an idea that that ended up becoming much more frighteningly realistic than he ever imagined it would you know reading this this particular trade which is we're at the point now where he's wrapping up the series and again there's another trade left but but we're at the point where it's getting near the conclusion and um it's it's it really sent shivers down my spine at points because um 
the the world with which he crafted DMZ is is not that far removed from the world we're faced with now. Um and um and as always, Ricardo Burchielli, who's been for the most part the artist on this book, you know, there's been the occasional fill in, but he's he's done the vast line share, is just terrific and I think such a good fit for this particular work. So um so uh, Ricardo, if you happen to be listening, I would love to buy a page of your art. So hook up, <laughs> contact your brother. But no, I, I just uh, give give this one a, a shot if if you if you like you know realistic um, conspiracy storytelling because that's what this comes down to. So I have a, an original. What do you mean, Berkeley? You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From what? Um, was it New York Comic Con? Right when uh, DMZ first started coming out, uh, he and uh, Mr. Wood were sitting at the at the booth in the DC Corral, and nobody was going up to them. And I said, th- and "This was maybe issue after issue number one or two. It was really early into the run, whatever." And went up, had my sketchbook, and he just filled the page for I free. I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> baffled. He's awesome. Dang it, baffled. Well, there you go. So I'll show it to you sometime. Maybe even let you touch it. Oh, yeah, my hat. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. Yay, we had fun this time. Yeah, yeah. was it? What? No, not a lot of downers. Some, a little bit, but that's okay. It happens, right? And we'll All be right. coming at you uh, early <laughs> next week, right? In honor of a uh, Sado Sado's trip. Right? Yes, we're going to have to do it Tuesday night, right? So they'll hear it on Wednesday. Oh yeah. If they don't hear it on Wednesday, they're not going to hear it till the <laughs> next week anyway. There you go. Yeah. So we'll do it for you because you know why. I say it all the time because we love you. We do. It's true. Because Vince loves you. Yeah. I do love you. And if you love us back, drop us an iTunes review. Please. That'd be nice. Yeah. Or tweet me a photo of your breasts. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. If well, you got them. Slurma will do that. No, no man. Yes, he will. No, no He's going to show you his boobies. It's okay. Dude, you just reminded me of something, Vince. Uh, I am proud. We we uh you know I, I've mentioned you guys that we do this uh, for almost over twenty years. I've been in this pool with my buddies that I grew up with. It's a it's like a fantasy league, but all we do is draft guys that hit home runs. It's just for home runs, mm-hmm. and um it's really just become a it's it's kind of gotten out of hand where we have two events a year. We have a, an awards banquet where each person has to sort of do a roast and present a gift or or an award to uh, another person in the league, and then we have the draft and and it's it's it's. Those have really become the the main focal point more than the actual competition. But um, this year we logistics were difficult for the draft part, so we actually did like a, a Skype thing. And uh, and one of the things that was part of the agreed upon is that we each had to present to the person that finished directly behind us. And we had part of the presentation had to be a um, a funny video that was in some way encapsulates you know their season or something. Um, and uh, <laughs> one of the guys for the person. Behind them, um, you guys know that uh, that uh, Will Smith's daughter song, "Wave Your Hair Back and Forth." You know, like the yeah, yeah. Well, apparently on YouTube, there's a an unbelievably obese guy with humongous man boobs, and he does a, a, a parody of that song called uh, "I Whip My Titties Back and Forth," and it's this really effeminate, ginormous. Uh, like dude who's grabbing these disgusting man memories <laughs> and waking them left and right going, I whip my titties back and forth. I whip my titties. It's ridiculous. So, I would say in your travels, go to YouTube and, and nice. Google that. No. It's, it's or no. Do you know what I'm doing right after the show, man? <laughs> <laughs> now you, Mr. Svelte Vince, probably don't have any man titties. Nah, not so much. No. I still got some weight on me. Though. I don't know the man boobs. Never did. Nice. All right. Hey. 
<laughs> so much for comics, right? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this for is comedy. It is. This eh. is the part they love. Beesh. I got some anthology for guys next week. If my words did glow with the gold of sunshine, and my tunes were played on the hall of strong, would you hear my voice come through the music? Would you hold it near as it were your own? It's a hand-me-down. The thoughts are broken. Perhaps they're better left unsung. I don't know. Don't really care. Let there be songs to fill the air. Ripple in still water when there is no pebble tossed, no wind to blow. Reach out your hand if your cup be empty. If your cup is full, may it be again. Let it be known there is a fountain that was not made by the hands of men. There is a road, no simple highway. Between the dawn and the dark of night And if you go, no one may follow That path is for your steps alone When there is no pebble tossed, no wind to blow, you who choose to lead must follow. But if you fall, you fall alone. If you should stand, then who's to guide you? If I knew the way, I would take you home. La da da da, la da 